welcome to Clotheslines and Headlines 2.0. Take it away, Ryan Gray. North South Connection. Welcome back to episode 18 of Clotheslines and Headlines 2.0. We uh we got the crew here today, Mike Rossi. What's going on, dude? Not much, man. Episode eighteen. Um, so we can talk about Maven versus Goldust uh, from that show. Yeah, well, we if we are the Rock, our our special guest is definitely Hulk Hogan. We'll get to him in a second. Rocco, how's the band? I saw you play this weekend. What's up? Yeah, we played Sunday. It was a great time in Newark, New Jersey, Sopranos country. Um, I was happy to have you back in the East Coast. I missed you that uh, when you were in Texas. I knew you weren't on the East Coast. I felt the, the vibe was different over here, and it, I was happy to have you back when you came. I back. agree. I agree with that, Rocco. It was you different. just felt it, right? You just knew something yeah. was missing. You knew he had like a cowboy hat on in Texas, right? <laughs> I, I definitely did not have a cowboy hat, uh, but I felt that the Northeast was probably less intense without me around, probably. So <laughs> there's less screaming happening in the Northeast. There's less screaming, but there was plenty of screaming at the Royal Rumble. We'll get to in a moment. I'm pretty sure I yelled um, "fuck Texas" when this uh, when this That's guy so nice. was like, we were rooting for Gunther, and then. This guy behind us is definitely a Texan rooting for Cody, and I wrote, fuck Texas, you know, you know how it goes, but whatever. But anyways, uh, a lot of, a lot of uh, let's call it intensity down in Texas was brought from the Northeast. But uh, the, the special guest we got here today is the first time on the no-so, um, the, the Hogan to our rock in our main event of WrestleMania 18, or, you know, adjacent main event. But anyways, Ricky, is this, you, you know, you're Rossi's and I, buddy. We were looking for a guest. Who, who better than get than you? Is this your first ever podcast? Hey, guys. It sure is. Um, although I can feel my legs, unlike Hulk Hogan. Oh, well, that's good. Uh, you know, well, you're going to have to carry the weight here like Hogan did through the 80s and the early 90s. So we'll have to see about that. Yeah. Congrats on 18, guys. We're finally legal. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. We're legal, guys. So maybe I'll, I'll take the first puff of my weed. Is, is uh, puff of the weed still the cool thing to say? Can I still admit uh, on here? You could. I mean, it, it, maybe. It's, it sounds weird, but hey. Puff whatever. of the weed is a, I, I'm not a drug guy. You know that. Take a gummy. Take a gummy first. Oh, so gummies are... Uh, how about... Uh, are roaches still in? Yeah, they, to an extent. Depends on what's left in it. Well, <laughs> don't you save the roaches and then you, like, throw them in a bowl and then you, like, smoke the bowl? Yeah, that's typical. my typical move. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what my dad did when I was a kid, and I wasn't sure what was going on. But uh, if you guys know my dad, I think Ross, you know my dad. He would like keep the roaches in his ashtray, and, and then, then he'd have a special surprise stuff a bowl with it. And you know, maybe weed was a little, little more scarce back in the day. After a couple weeks, he's got a nice surprise for himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah I bonus, like, I dig a bonus, it. a bonus high or whatever. Right? I dig it. I, I'm not into that stuff, anyways. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Rocco, that sounds like something you would definitely do laced with a little ecstasy and maybe snort something. I don't know. Right. I'll snort the roach. I'm a, I'm fucking. He'll just, man. he'll just eat the fucking thing. Yeah. No, I'm, more of a, I'm more of a fan of breaking open the bong after you do too much coke and you got to go to sleep and you smoke the resin. There you go. The <laughs> resin. Is that the stuff at the bottom of the bong? Mm-hmm. Wow, that's, 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 that's that type, type of hardcore shit that. we need. Mm-hmm. 2023. Should I become a drug guy? Yeah, absolutely. Basketball is better when you're high, too. Speaking of drug guys, I met Ricky Williams a couple weeks ago. Really? How? Oh yeah, you sent me the picture. He he looked very skinny. <laughs> he did. Yeah, he uh he had very soft hands and a, a matching voice. So so his voice was as soft as his hands. Yeah, exactly. I saw you got your Funko Pop sign. That's pretty cool. Adding it to the collection. 
And you and you were on the what the paper or the uh, the news for it? Unfortunately, I was on the news, so that means I can never run for president now. Uh, that's 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 unfortunate. I know, but that's why I'm doing this podcast. Oh, okay, okay. So you, <laughs> perfect, perfect. Plan All G. right, guys, enough the fucking bullshit. We bullshit way too much fuck here. Officially, still not a drug guy. But anyways, um, you know, let's hit the news real quick. The, the SummerSlam 2023 is heading to Ford Field in Detroit, Michigan, or around Detroit, Michigan. Um, yeah, an interesting area to kind of go to. Um, you know, scoping it out a little bit. The hotels are expensive, but the flights are super cheap, and the scenery is terrible. I, I assume. So, um, interesting choice to go back there. The last time they were there at Ford Field was WrestleMania 23, where Batista took on the Undertaker and Shawn Michaels took on Triple H, or Shawn Michaels took on Shawn uh, John Cena in the Battle of Billionaires in the uh, main events of those shows. So, uh, interesting time to go head back. Uh, Let's quick around the horn. Projections for the SummerSlam made event. Rocco, what do you got? Off the toes. No prep. What do you got? Got to go to me first, huh? Uh, Jesus. Goddamn Christ. Uh, <laughs> uh, Cody versus Brock. Perfect. All right. Rossi. Cody Reigns 2 and Brock Gunther. Ooh. All right. Ricky. Hmm. This is a tough one. I would love to see Brock Gunther, so I'm going to back Rossi on that one. And Cody Rain sounds pretty good, too. Yeah, I, I don't want to see Cody Rain. Can you imagine Cody try to not – or bump uh, Brock try to bump for Cody? I'm, I don't know. I need more Cody in my life before I can accept that, I guess. I don't know. But uh, that's, you know, that's interesting. I think I feel like uh, maybe like a Sammy – that's where we get the Sammy uh, uh, Reigns blow off maybe perhaps. We'll see. But spoiler is it doesn't matter what the main event is. That motherfucker's probably going to sell out before or very close to without even mentioning anything. So, uh, uh, we'll see. But, uh, yeah, interesting city to go to. Um, it's, you know, a football stadium was kind of right up their alley for SummerSlam now. Uh, I like that for SummerSlam. Makes SummerSlam feel bigger. I'm sure it's a moneymaker. They wouldn't be doing it if it wasn't. It's just an interesting Detroit in the summer. Uh. Interesting. Well, we'll, well that's, see the time, that's the time to go there because the weather's fucking miserable in the winter. Like you're doing a rumble there would suck. And it's what I like about it is like it's it's easy to get to from the East Coast. It's easy to get to for the Canadians who they're big wrestling fans. Um, and, you know, every the rest of the country, I feel like Texas has been getting like everything. So it's probably good to bring a big show up north um, to kind of precurse uh, mania next year. Right. Yeah. Don't Texas forget that Florida. Don't forget the Juggalos in Detroit. You know, they'll be coming out for, for SummerSlam. They can't afford it. No? No. So is that a thing? Juggalos are from Detroit? Yeah, right? That's correct, yep. Dude, I don't know. Again, five minutes ago, I'm not a drug guy. I don't, you think? I don't know. It's going to be Kevin Kevin Nash is going to make his comeback in his hometown and fight Brock. Oh, jeez. That's, that's Hell awesome. yeah. I'm painting my face. <laughs> but uh, anyways, interesting pick for a city, but, you know, we'll see how it goes. And the other news is, unfortunately, Jerry Lawler had a health scare. Uh, Rocco, what did he, did he have a heart attack or what was it? I did not do not remember. I thought it was a brain thing. I yeah, he broke. He yeah. was found face down in his front yard and he um, had like a brain bleed. So uh, that like made like half his body go paralyzed. Um, and, you know, he's he's. Gonna kick out with good therapy, but I think it's gonna take a little bit. Yeah, that's kind of crazy because he was on the pre-show for the Royal Rumble, you know, just a week ago before this happened. So you know, he announced on Raw 30. He, him and what, what, he was announced one of the matches on Raw 30. I don't remember which one, but and he had no shirt on. 
No shirt when it happened, too? Oh, jeez. He just wrestled a match, I think, last weekend, too, if I'm not mistaken. I think that I doesn't saw. That yeah, Beyond was just thinking about bringing him in. We just talked about that. I like his hospital picture has him wearing a hat because he definitely has not dyed his hair since he's been on TV again. And he probably <laughs> was like, so, he's so paranoid about being seen as an old man that he had to like wear a hat so you couldn't see his gray hair. Well, how is he going to how is he going to pick up the 25 year old chicks? You know, come on. Exactly. Stay in the game. There's a lot of a lot of good nurses in that hospital, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. You know, the freshly off the press Royal Rumble hat, he had to throw it on his head priorities instead of yep. a stroke or whatever. We, you know, we had to get to it. But it sounds like he's doing better. Um, and it sounds like he's not going to have any long term ramifications from it. So, um, you know, all, good for him. He he kicked out once before. He did die on Raw you know, from a Dolph Ziggler, you know, in a match with Dolph Ziggler. And he, you know, he came back from that. So we'll, we'll see where I think he'll be all right. The King, the King's, the King's in it for the long haul. But prayers up for the king, right? All right, good. So 10 days ago, guys, we had the Royal Rumble, uh, as you guys alluded to a little bit ago. I was there. Uh, my first Rumble live since 2003. And I'm not going to lie, it was pretty awesome. Um, it added value to the show. Uh, I thought the show was pretty, pretty good. Not an all-time Rumble, of course, but an all-time angle at the end that we'll get to. But uh, let's kick off with the, uh, the, the pitch black Mountain Dew match. Ricky, out of all my friends, I would probably say you were the most favor to the Bray Wyatt scale of things. Um, this well, is how, true. First of all, where have you been on his return, and what did you think of the blackout match? Being a horror fan, I'm really uh, into Bray and the Fiend and the whole mask concept, right? So him making a comeback to me was really big. Um, now, I had no idea what to expect with this match, right? I don't know what a Mountain Dew pitch black match is. I didn't know what to expect. But then when we saw it, you know, it was it was pretty cool. Um, I did enjoy his face paint and his his get up. Um, I thought maybe we were going to be in for something a little bit more creative than what we saw on TV. It was just what, like a black uh, light match pretty much. Right. Um, but it, it was it was cool. I liked the ending. I thought the ending when um, Howdy jumped off that ledge, you know, I thought that was pretty, pretty awesome. But see, I was under the impression that Bray and Howdy were against each other. So that kind of threw me off, you know, so I don't know where that's going. Yeah, it's kind of, kind of still a little gray area there. I feel like it's an inner, I don't, I'm not sure if it's an inner demon of Bray kind of coming out with, and he's kind of fighting it. And then it's like a subculture. I don't really know how to explain type of thing where it's, it's there, but it's, is it a figment of his imagination? I'm not necessarily sure. But the optics of it all is is pretty cool. Uh, the match was rather rather rough, <laughs> rough around the edges. Go as soon as the entrance ended, and I saw the first punch. I'm like, yeah, this ain't for me. So I ran to the bathroom, which was a little <laughs> was a little overdue. And I got back as Uncle Howdy was missing off the uh, whatever scaptal he was jumping off of to Laite. But you know, going back on rewatch and just kind of it's only five minutes, so I just wanted to kind of check it out and see really what it was because you kind of heard the buzz of it all. But in in the stadium, it, it looked incredible. Uh, you know, just a visual with the entrances and the lights and the neon and LA gear, LA gear kind of matching the neon and the optics of it all. Um, I mean, was, for like a five minute match, I mean, who fucking cares? It was a exactly. they, they beat they hit each other. There was a couple cool spots. I mean, the crowd audibly gasped when the lights went off because Bray's makeup was uh, lit up with the the glow in the dark mask. I thought that was really cool to hear them do that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's like a five-minute match. Who cares? And uh, I like the end. I thought it was, like you're saying, it's like kind of interesting because it was definitely, to me, like a follow, like a all, like you're, you mentioned rest of horror. It's like a very omen, all-for-you Damien moment where they're, this guy's, like, sacrificing himself for Bray. So if that's where they're going to go with the story now, like, whatever, man, I'm down for it. 
Yeah, we honestly we could even get Uncle Howdy versus Bray at WrestleMania for all we know. Um, I couldn't even tell you what the Bray WrestleMania match is going to be. No idea. I mean, I'm just for, excited um, for the masks. I'm here for the masks, guys. Yeah, as a big Tom Savini fan myself, I am. Um, I'm a big fan of all that, all the stuff that's being made for him. Um, for a million dollars for five minutes of uh, <laughs> pay-per-view time, I think it's all. It was well worth it for the WWE. Yeah. I'm sure that I'm sure that uh, there's zero negativity towards their their eyes for what they made on those seven figure deal right there. But um, fun fact about Ricky, he likes to uh, J.O. within the Fiend mask, you know, just mm. that's that's well, this one time I met Tom Savini and he likes to juice oranges. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and he told me that if I J.O. with the masks, it's a lot it's a lot more comfortable. And so it's it's true. Like hey, you Did you get a Funko Pop side? He doesn't have one, unfortunately. No. Does he still have his Simpsons picture on his table like he always used to do? <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, he used to always have a still from his uh, Simpsons episode on the table. That's awesome. Hey. I had one, one little thing I want to say about this Pitch Black match, too, is the fucking asshole that's always in the front row of the shows with like that green shirt. He was glowing in the dark too. So this <laughs> is like this is like a lifelong storyline for that guy that finally came to an end. Yeah, pre uh, precursor right there, huh? I didn't realize that. That's fucking. That's kind of that's low key awesome in a way. The, cl- the club we're at on Sunday that we played at had a black light. It was a club, and uh, my this one guy I know had a really old filling, and his one tooth was just glowing in the fucking black light <laughs> all night. It was so distracting. That's that's rather gross slash funny. <laughs> I was like, but uh, I'll the Bray Wyatt of it all. Uh, it's for some people. It's for. It's not for others. Um, I'm intrigued to kind of know where it goes, but like I said, it's it's you know I hope it didn't peak at the return, but it looks like it may. But we'll see. You know, it, it's a slow build, and we'll and at the end of the day, it, it kind of determines where Bray flushes out with all of this slowness and whatever. And, uh, and, you know, it, I think L.A. Knight looks great. coming. This is a shitty situation for him in a way. It's also a great situation for him in a way. But with everything to be said, I think he looked pretty good coming out of this. And uh, I think his future is bright. But uh, and, next and, and let's not forget that Bray song definitely slaps. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And after and, – Always has good. And, and Knight is over as fuck, dude, because I know that, like I said, at that show I was at, every do, everyone's doing fucking yeah at this yeah. point. And all my friends are doing it. Yeah, it is ubiquitous uh, amongst my friend group, at least, and it's – Fucking taking over. Yeah, the whole time at the Rumble, his entrance, yeah, yeah, let me talk to you. He's over. I think he's going to have a really good 2023. And, uh, you know, if he wasn't in the early 40s, I think his future would be super bright. And I think, you know, it's his age shouldn't really get in the way of whatever push they're going to give him. Hey, Ryan, you think you could take him in an arm wrestling match? Definitely not. I don't know, man. Yeah. Well, kayfabe the, uh, kayfabe the forearms here, buddy. Let's go. <laughs> But <laughs> maybe maybe in high school. In high school for sure, absolutely yes. But uh, I don't know. The next match we had here was kind of a kind of a follow of this match in a way. It was Bianca Belair versus Alexa Bliss, seven and a half minutes. It was a typical Raw match. Nothing wrong with it. The crowd was totally dead, but it was in a death slot. You know, yeah. The, the we haven't gone over the men's ch- uh, Rumble match, but you know this is dead smack in the middle of the show. In the anticipation of the main event and the anticipation of the women's rumble, this is just really didn't have much of a chance. But I think the girls went out there, worked hard, and you know they went out there and had a, a solid, let's say, two and three quarter star match, which is almost pretty good. I think it was pretty good with with the, with the lack of crowd uh, involvement. But uh, you know the girls look good, and I guess Alexa Bliss is taking a break from TV, and uh, probably when we see her again, we'll 
have to do with the Bray, Un- Bray Wyatt universe. So, uh, Rocco, this kind of feels up your alley. Kind of the same sentiment of, you know, it was pretty good, but it didn't really get the respect that it, it should have. It was a match to give Bianca, like, a, a cool little feud for the Rumble and vanquish another guy, another enemy, and now she's on to the Chamber and Mania. So, yeah, I mean, it was yeah. perfect. Alexa, there's all that extra stuff going on with Alexa that kind of gave a little bit. And Alexa had a cool little moment when she bloodied Bianca that made this have a little bit more steam than maybe it would have otherwise. But, yeah, for seven minutes, uh, I, I liked it. Yeah. Now, Ricky, your girl loves Alexa Bliss. Was she into this? Where is she at with Alexa Bliss? She loves her, right? And um, she's excited anytime she's on TV. And then when she found out the other day that she was taking time off, she was really disappointed because who does she want to see at Mania more than anybody? It's Alexa Bliss. But it yeah. seems like she what, what might be missing her second in a row. Yeah, she didn't work last year's. I mean, yeah, what, so- what what is she going to do at WrestleMania? She, she Like, a two-and-a-half-star match is like her ceiling. No, I know, but it's not always about the stars. It's just to allude to Ricky and his girl. Like, yeah, no, I get it. It's just like I, Bianca. I, I want to more so focus on Bianca here. Like, I feel like she is like stuck in the mud. Like, I've, we've talked about that before. Like, she's definitely flattened out, and she needs something, whether it's a heel turn or not. But these people that they're feeding her out of this chamber, like I love Oscar, and that's hopefully the route they go. But, like, even Asuka's coming, she's got the new character, but she's also not really hot either. Uh, So it just feels weird. Like, this entire woman's, like, mania push has been fucking odd to me. Do you guys agree or or no? I I agree. I agree. It definitely feels uh, not as exciting as in the past. And I was talking about it today that how they, you know, they need more people to come back or come up, right? Right now it's kind of dry. It's the same four that get pushed over and over again. Yeah, I think we can uh, kind of see a parallel in the Braun Breaker in, Ale- in Bianca Belair, like, spot on NXT, spot in the Raw Women's Division, where they kind of haven't evolved from their original shell of a character, and it's just kind of like f- John Cena season, where they just feed them guys, feed them guys, but it's just not over, and it's not going anywhere, it's not clicking, where it's just kind of just there, and it, Belair definitely feels like a placeholder to get to WrestleMania for she has that one-year title reign, and then, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with Alexa, uh, against Asuka, or whoever she faces, you know, so, I don't know, it's, like, I, I agree this, but she still feels and looks like a star, and could be presented as a star, she just kind of needs, she's not, I don't want to say she's not established enough, but she doesn't feel like a big enough star or a hot enough act to carry something by herself. She needs a flame to smoke to, you know, to set her fire off again, really. Yeah, I agree. And like Oscar and her, if that's the road to go, will be a fucking good match. Like, and yeah. they've had good chemistry in the past, but like, it's not really something that I feel like they're really going to give a lot of time and energy to the build of. Like, and I know that like Bianca, even the last couple of weeks, like she just like shows up at the end of the show or she has like a, like a soft match and at nine at ten thirty before the main event. It's just, it seems like she's not front and center to them right now. And I'm kind of surprised because, you know, she's a triple H chick. You know, she was NXT through and through. So I'm kind of surprised that they're kind of going this route with her. And, you know, we'll talk about it. I'm sure when we get into the women's rumble, but like Becky's kind of floating around aimlessly and the, the Bailey feuds like flat and they're still trying to make things out of it. It's just, there's weird shit going around this woman. And I like the idea of Rhea and Charlotte. I think 
Charlotte as a baby, it's kind of a refreshing feud, and it's probably a, the best possible match for Rhea, right? But it just seems like the rest of it's falling by the wayside because that's the match they decided, and they just don't want to put Ronda in a singles match, you know? Yeah, and the, what you're saying, the, the the Raw situation is is interesting with the like you said, Becky Bailey, um, like this chamber. That's gonna she literally said that she's gonna fight whoever wins the chamber at Mania, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, that's what it's for. So this Oscar Mella with Nikki, Natty, and Rachel Raquel, sorry, um, that is an interesting. Other than Oscar, <laughs> you know, there's it's it's really Raquel or Oscar, right? And if it's the time to push Raquel, that's maybe right. the way to do it. But then, like, you have Bex and... But then, yeah, but then you've got to force, you got to force a heel turn on Bianca that might not be natural. Right, um, right. Yeah, like that's why... Six just... weeks before that. And Asuka's kind of, like, a tweener, so she can lean heel if she attacks Bianca or whatever. But it's just thought, like, I'm excited if that's the match, because I like Asuka. I think she deserves a spot. It could be a good rejuvenation for her. Um, but it just feels like Becky is still being treated like a bigger deal than Bianca, even though she doesn't have the title. And Bianca's kind of felt secondary since Becky came back, and I don't feel like that's the route that they should have gone. Maybe eventually it's just because Becky's going to go to SmackDown post-Mania or something. I don't know. But it's just it feels like these women's matches are just kind of paint-by-numbers. There's really not a lot of excitement about it. And obviously, we still have two months, right? So things can turn around. But it's just on paper, you should be excited about the women's division right now, and I'm really not. Well, Becky can carry weight without really having much substance, as you can see now. And, and Belair just needs like a shitload of substance. But anyways, well, you know, we'll get to that in a second. Yeah, so that's just the Raw women's match as well. Let's hit the women's rumble where we're at. Um, what'd you guys think of Rhea coming in at one, lasting an hour and a half, an hour, one minute and eight seconds? Uh, I really dug the elimination of Liv, but I honestly, I think Liv had maybe the worst start-to-finish run ever. I, I couldn't even remember that she was in there. She was like Jericho 2017 just laying around the whole time. But uh, I think Rio, you know, really looked great the whole time, just being the focal point of a lot of different things. Not really m- much wasted energy on Rhea within that match, and she kind of just ruled it, honestly. It was just her show, and she just crushed it. Um, you know, let's start with there. What do you guys think of the run- winner and the runner-up? Ricky, what do you think of that? Was Do you think Rhea was the right girl to win that? I do. I'm really high right now on uh, Rhea. I'm really high in general, but on especially on Rhea, right? So um, I think that she's great. I think that she can definitely even hang with some of the guys right now. You know, her size is awesome. She looks awesome. Uh, she's great with the crowd. I don't really like her with Judgment Day. I kind of wish that she was doing a solo act, but I know we'll talk about that another time. Um, I do think that she's the right person to face Charlotte, like Rossi said earlier, and I'm excited to see what her future brings. Rocco, any chance we get Liv winning the chamber? I know we'll get to that in a second, but Liv's your girl. I, I don't really see it. I mean, yeah, I don't really see that. There's happening. equity in her. They established her. Yeah, I mean, it's really cool that she got to do that. And I think Rhea going all the way was a really good way to establish her, even though she's big and dominant. Like, she really has not had a lot of interaction with a lot of the women over the course of the last year. You know, she's been with Judgment Day. So it's cool just to have her see her interact with all these people, which I thought was really neat, and just be super dominant. Liv at number two, to me, just seems like a, you know, a way to, you know, she's a trooper, man. She's a fucking good soldier, and they gave her a fucking long run. And uh, she's always good for a sick bump at the at the Rumble, so... Yeah, I really like that finish. Now, yeah. Rossi, what do you think of the final four being just – or the final five, not including the winner, being right inserted into the chamber? I thought that was cute, but it worked. Good idea. Um, it definitely is something that – you know, it's sensible booking, right? You don't, you don't always get that because you just kind of 
have like six qualifying matches like they kind of did with the men and that's my only thing is like you know the u.s title didn't really have the same setup which is good that's how it should be and the other one was felt bigger um overall uh the the whole Rhea spot at the end with Liv was like you said fantastic my only complaint is i didn't like how they had Rhea do the spot with beth during the men's rumble that kind of felt weird right especially because it was early in the show well, um, you know what I think about real quick? I think yeah. that they had that, they had that idea, and then they, they, they reshuffled the order of the card, and that they just still went with the idea that they liked. That's what that Yeah, was. and Rhea came out, like, not selling anything, really. Um, uh, yeah, I, it's it, you're right. It's probably just part of the flip because they didn't want to put the men's rumble after that closing angle. Uh, yeah, they but, came up with the idea when the women's rumble was earlier in the night. And then they just said, fuck it, let's just go with it. Only a few assholes on a podcast are going to cr- critique yeah. us. Yeah, I just, maybe I just think that because I just want Beth Phoenix to go away forever. Well, that's probably all that it is. so much. What is up with that hair? You like, know? I get, like, it's a cool match. They kind of, they had to do this match, right? Yeah. But I would have been just as happy if they did, like, the best return on Raw the next day. And I don't I, know. That that whole Judgment Day piece of, of the men's rumble, we'll get into it in a bit, wasn't my favorite part of all of this. And I just didn't like Rhea, you know, being involved in that before she went bell to bell. Nah, I hear you there. But anyways, I like the last four uh, in the match turning into the chamber. Uh, let's just hit a few spots real quick as we go through it. Rossi, well, I still got you. Roxanne Perez doing a fifth of the time that Zoe Starks, the two NXT girls, not including Indy Hartwell. Um, yeah, uh, Roxanne had a cup of coffee in this match. I think Zoe looked great from an NXT point of view. Um, just the the in-ring work when she came in just picked up, you know, she just looked like a general, like a boss out there and just really carried the match for those 26 minutes that she was in. And I get Roxanne being in there, getting the hometown entrance, you know, getting put over and whatnot. But at the end of the day, you look and she like, she was only in for four minutes. What the hell? But, you know. Yeah. To me, it was more. Girls. Yeah. To me, it was more of the hometown pop than anything and kind of getting her that taste. Like, I know she's had that match with Bailey on SmackDown in the past, but. Um, and Zoe Stark's a good goddamn wrestler. Like she's gonna, she's really a, a ring general. She's got as much experience as probably anybody else that was in this match as far as yeah. bell to bell work, right? So I was glad that she got that spot. And plus, when you think of her and Roxanne, she's probably closer to a main roster than Roxanne is because I think Roxanne at her age is gonna kind of linger in NXT for a while. So they probably wanted to see Zoe, you know, in the spot. She could probably. You don't want to really overexpose Roxanne, let's put it that way, because then you might have people saying, oh, let's call her up and put her in a Mania match. Like, you don't want to do that. You kind of just want to get her a taste of it, get her out. And, you know, they, they still protected her with the elimination. That's my only thing. Yeah, we'll get into her in a little bit. But uh, Rocco, you know, it was 36 seconds too much for BFAB. <laughs> um, I think she looked great coming out, like from a visual aspect. She looked apart, but she got in and got the hell out. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad she got down the ring fast, so I didn't have to hear that stupid song any longer than I did. So I don't know. But uh, Ricky, what do you think of Oscar in her her new, whole presentation of the new gimmick, the the psycho clown or whatever she's? You know, I love it. Yeah. I just love I just love a good mask, and here she is with a good mask. Um, I think that I her new face paint was awesome. Yeah, her face paint looks cool. She has, you know, more of an edge on her. And at first, I was never a huge Oscar fan, but the more I got to see her work, and the more the more of a fan of her that I became. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm in for it. Yeah, I think she she has a good chance to get in the uh, chambers. We get to, uh, 
you know, let's just hit a few more hot names here. Ricky, well, I got you. Lacey Evans, you know, Southern Bell, Marine, um, different iterations of the Marine. I don't know. I think she peaked at WrestleMania 35 when she walked out and waved. And that little da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Da, 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 da. I think that's all. Like, that's all she really had going for her in her new Instagram pictures. That's it. What You know, what do you think of Lacey? I, I, that's I mean, a girl that we don't really I'm talk much waiting, about in this podcast. I'm just waiting for her, her OnlyFans nudes to leak. You know what I mean? That's all I care about. Like, right, could, yeah. I could care less about her as a wrestler. Yeah, she's she's rough around the edges. I, I don't know. I mean, she's great uh, to look at, but that's about it. Rocco, were you excited for Nia Jax's return here at 30? <laughs> that was uh, not anything I really cared about. I didn't hate Nia when she was on the roster, but I have no interest in seeing her. If we're going to talk about the person that should be replacing Nia, Piper Niven, I thought was pretty fucking rad. In transition. This, right? You know, I will say, before we get off Nia real quick, um, I have a confession, Rocco. I think her, mm. I think her theme kind of bangs. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was kind of, it's a perfect song for her, right? It really fit the character. Yeah, I mean, I, really had the cool intro in the beginning when she first came out and everything like that. I thought that was neat. And it's, yeah, it's not a bad song. No, uh, question. Question I, for you. Are you going to talk about them playing it before, the, before the, the, the numbers? Yeah, that was fucked up. But do you think that she was a last minute call because they didn't get Naomi? I don't think they necessarily want Naomi <laughs> to be. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that It's was. weird. Like, I don't know. I just... I, well, the, there's like everybody's saying Naomi's gonna come back, nobody's gonna come back, but like, and she's fucking married to like the, one of the biggest names in the company. You would think that she would be, I mean, she's not gonna get a job anywhere else, I don't feel. She would have by now, right? So it just feels like Naya, I don't know. It, it just, it's weird. The only, reason, like, the only reason I would say that Naya was planned is because The Rock's mom was in town and she was in the stands watching her. And I just don't true. think The Rock's mom's gonna just get up and go there last minute. So I, I, I would think that she may be, uh, May have been planned, but hey, maybe Michelle McCool wasn't, and she was like kind of a fill-in or a substitute, and she was like, uh, uh, can I come through the entrance and watch the match with my kid and then have that cool moment? And then like, yeah, sure. I thought that was kind of, I thought that was cute and uh, kind of added a little pizzazz to her or whatever. How, how was the reaction to, to Naya, Ryan, in the, in the arena? Well, it was confusion because her music oh, hit without out. the entrance. I thought she back for good. Is she back way. for good? I, I'm not. I'm not sure. I think they kind of left that open. I don't think so. I could you gotta figure that she'd be in something by now. Maybe post Mania, because you don't want to put her in a Mania match. But I thought McCool like has been good in Rumbles. Yeah, she's uh, she's like you said, like she's kind of like the Zoe Starks of veterans. You know what I mean? Yeah, There's and I never really saw her as like a ring general over the years. You know, but. She comes into these these rumble matches with like way inexperienced chicks, and she like makes them look good. And and like her first rumble turn with the, I think it was the very first rumble, she kind of stunk. But the last two years, like she wasn't in this one for long, but she's wrestling in fucking Uggs, and she's doing doing a pretty good job. Yeah, she's all right. I'd rather see Wayla back than her. Ricky, Did what Luke was Gallows that? really date Nia Jax? <laughs> Did Luke? I, I I don't know, but I could see that happen. I think that was a thing. Who? Luke Gallows? He is a good brother. He'll take one for the team. Yeah, he probably. I could. That's a good catch for him. <laughs> I know he has a hurt you. girlfriend. I'm I not think sure. about that for a second. <laughs> well, no, because he's married to that chick that, uh, yeah. No, he's, well, I mean, I guess that doesn't really matter in wrestling. But he um, he's married to that, like, Amber O'Neill chick. That was a that was a while ago. He's married. They, did they ago. get divorced? Yeah, that was that was even before like. Because uh, she was like the bullet babe, wasn't she? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, here's oh, some man. new blonde girl. Luke Gagal is definitely bang Nigel. Those two, those two just get hammered and do whatever. <laughs> that's oh, awesome hold on are we sure luke gallows banged nia jacks nia jacks didn't bang luke gallows that's true <laughs> and wasn't braun braun supposedly dating her at one point too i think braun's doing all right right now with what he's got going on do you think that rock's mom went chaperone their dates <laughs> maybe i don't i don't know didn't the rock's mom just get into like a wicked car accident? yeah i, I was gonna that. say she she got like fucking car totaled like three days after the rumble and fucking rock must have killed that person <laughs> yeah rock said he facetimed the cop the whole time while oh. to kind of make sure she was all right it was luke That's- gallows trying to get nia jacks back i love that ricky's like obsessed with this luke gallows <laughs> fucking love triangle here i i sense some jealousy but uh oh, that's kind of the women's rumble of it all um i it, you know one last thing for each of you rossi i think the becky thing um it's just weird if you told me becky was gonna be in the in the rumble for 11 minutes uh and be on the announce desk laid out for the majority of it i would be like get the fuck out of here but you know it worked it added fuel to the fire and at the end of the ma- at match it, it didn't really necessarily miss her star pyre and it kind of made Rhea and live no important you know <laughs> Yeah, that's what I was going to say is I feel like you do that because you don't want her to take away from Rhea because I don't think that the crowd was going to revolt for Rhea. I think that's who they wanted to win. But if it comes down to like Becky and her, you want to kind of keep them away from each other if that's not the Mania match, you know? Yeah, I got you. Now, uh, Ricky, uh, Zelina Vega, what was she wearing? This, oh, my you might God. Know. oh my God! What was she wearing? You know, she was my favorite entry of the Rumble. I'm not gonna lie. Isn't that some like Dragon Ball Z stuff? I don't fucking. Know. She's on the the new Street Fighter three game, and that's a character that you could unlock and uh, you know undress. But um, yeah, that's gonna be a good game. All right, Big well, Tommy cool. End man. Every time yeah. I see him, good for see her, good for him. Hey, can we go back to Becky real quick? So when she came out on the Rumble, I had her in, from the Rumble pool, and I got really excited. But then, like you said, 11 minutes later, she went over the top rope. What the hell? Yeah, I know. She was singly eliminated by Bailey too. It's just, it's just weird. You know, it just gun, gun to your head, Ryan. What's her mania match? Uh, gun to my head. I, I don't think that they can stretch out Bailey. They I perhaps, think it's Trish Stratus. They perhaps may, but that doesn't really matter. We'll get to that when we get to the chamber. Uh, let me think. Let me stew on it. Okay. Uh, but I feel like there might be a celebrity that we, we, we're we unsure of, and I don't know who it, who it is. Cardi, Cardi B. I was just going to say Cardi B. <laughs> and then Rocco, I would, just to love, close I would you, love that. That would be kind of cool, actually. And then Rocco, just to close with you, do you think you're a better karaoke singer than Shotzi Blackheart? <laughs> Rock, I assure uh, you I, you're not. I, I, I assure you you're not. I think she uh she's she's pretty good at, at what she does and uh we'll leave it at that. She seems like a sweetheart. <laughs> all right, so you know that's the women's rumble of the all. You know, pretty I thought it was pretty good rumble for everything considered. Um you know, if, if star rating I went three and a quarter, it made my top five of the week. I think best women's rumble yet. Yeah, it's I hard it's just hard to talk the first one being the, yeah. like the nostalgia of it all. Oh but yeah, it, but rewatch it. I don't know, that that I really like that pandemic woman trouble where you had like Billy Kay in the middle of it, Jillian Hall. Yeah, I agree. That was that was probably my favorite one before. This one. But I think I thought that this one was like sensible. They didn't have a lot of those like one off jamokes that kind of slow down a match like Jillian Hall. Uh, so I feel like that really helped the overall match. 
Yeah, but uh, all right, now into the men's match. Gunther lasting 71 minutes and 40 seconds. I believe that's a record, um, if not the overall record, but at least in the you know non-greatest Royal Rumble record. So that was pretty cool. Uh, Sheamus lasted for the majority of it, too. Uh, Ricky, gun to your head, Steel Rockies gimmick. How many eliminations did Gunther have? Nine. Oof, Rocco? I just looked at it before. All right, Rossi. It was like five or six, right? Yeah, he definitely looked it up. It was five. <laughs> yeah, I figured that five. I thought it would be a little more. I would have been with Ricky. I don't know if I would have gone ten, but I would have. Well, uh, no, I'm, I knew that because I'm in like like predictions pools and stuff, and that yeah. was one of them. Yeah, but I'm just interested in looking at it. But 71 minutes, that's, that's pretty cool. I think he just very – I don't really like how – it paralleled Rhea being one and they kind of had the same story, but Rhea won. So I don't really, I wish they staggered that a little bit, but I'm nitpicking. They both, it both, it delivered great. Gunther was fucking awesome. It was super over. Um, he was actually stealing some chairs from Cody and some goodwill from Cody and kind of was like drooling for Gunther to win that. But you know, we're just smarks in a way too, for some of us there. <laughs> but um, yeah, he was the Iron Man of the match. I think it was a great choice, a beautiful highlight. Rocco, over under, how long do you think Lesnar was in the match for? Well, uh, shit, I'm going to say it's short, right? Maybe eight, ten, ten minutes? Ten minutes? Whoa, Ricky! Um, I- I'm going to say seven minutes. Ooh, Rossi? I think it was like four. It was two minutes and 28 seconds. Damn. And, buddy, was that that was pop of the night. No lie. He was a bigger pop than Cody. Kind of, We knew Cody was coming to 30, but when... Brock came out. Holy fuck, that place blew up. Cause I was sitting with Chad. I'm like, man, we had Woods, Cross, Gable, you know, Santos, Gargano, Kofi, Miz. We were like, they're filling this thing up for Brock to come and throw some motherfuckers out. Because honestly, the Rumble kind of started off kind of rather bland in a way. You had you had Gunther and Cody just fucking killing each other. Or excuse me, you had Gunther and Sheamus just killing each other. And then, like the Miz and Kofi come out in these retreads. And Gargano with his new music. We're like, ah, what is going you know, Come on, what's going on here? This is kind of because it's kinda pretty mid right now. But then, whoof, when Gunther, uh, when Brock came out, the fucking place, woof, that was a memorable, memorable pop. And Poor then, uh, Baron Corbin, man. Yeah, Baron Corbin two entries later. Like we kind of like we predicted on the Rumble wheel when Lashley came out. Right after Brock, they had an angle. Uh, Lashley ma- lasted seven minutes. It was eliminated by Seth a little bit after that, but pretty much it was just set up to fuel their fire. And I'm sure Brock going out there for three minutes, two minutes, and getting a payday, he's not mad at that, you know. But, he might uh, have been on the outside kinda... for like ten minutes though, so I might. You know. Yeah, can we talk about how he flipped the fuck out out of the ring and like didn't like people weren't prepared for that and he like would like shoot hurt one of the refs. Yeah, he's kind of a wild card. <laughs> what did he do? He flipped the table, and one of the refs got. He like he like started banging like the stairs against the table, and the, and the uh, announcers were like, "Dude, what the fuck?" And then um, he like shoved the ref, and the ref like landed on his arm, and like they thought that they like broke it, but he was fine. Oh jeez. Yeah. That, that was... NXT ref that everybody loved, so it just pissed people off because he was like their favorite ref. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So around 12 to 13, the match picked up, and it was it was rather interesting. And then you know Rollins came out at 15, the halfway point, and a, a, you know another big pop. The long entrances. What do you guys think of the long entrances at for the Rumble? I didn't realize thing. how long it was until they did like you know a pan out, and I was like, holy crap! Like imagine yeah. if like the Undertaker had to come out. 
it, it, by the time his music ended, he would have been to the end of the ramp. <laughs> like that's how long it was. Yeah, they would need a, a goat car gimmick for him. Remember, the Big Show came out with a goat car. <laughs> well, yeah, they like, did that last time they were in San Antonio. They did the car gimmick because it was like Henry you and watch Big that, Show. Yeah, and like <laughs> Braun. Because if you watch the, their entrances, you see them like walk out to like where the crowd starts, and then they like cut away and they don't show them again until they're like right at right at the ring. So they were doing that with the bigger guys so they didn't blow up. But they didn't do it this time. Floating through the crowd like Andre at WrestleMania three, just no move, no bounce to their the step. <laughs> Don't forget Nikki Cross ran the whole entrance too. Right before. Yeah, she's crazy. <laughs> a few of them did, and that's the thing is like this, you're going to be blown up by the time you get in there, girl. It's a legit eighty yard sprint. Right. What would you think your time would be if you did that entrance? Oof, probably ten seconds. Without a shirt or with a shirt? Uh, nine seconds without it. <laughs> if I about, post Peloton, do I get to like warm up in the Peloton first? I mean, you could. It's your show. But right. you're, silk, you're soaking wet from the Peloton, so your your clothes are heavy. Eight, <laughs> Sorry, eight to nine seconds. And you're wearing a mask from the Fiend. Uh, back down to eleven. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but uh, you know, I thought the first half of this match. It was kind of average, you know, just an average, typical Rumble. Here's the thing. Rumbles aren't bad. You know, they're they're re- they're relatively good. You know, you get entrances every two minutes or so, and you get the big pops and everything. You get constant action, a lot of kicking, a lot of punching, but whatever. It's it's awesome. It's fun. And uh, I felt the story of Gunther going through the whole thing and then the anticipation. You know, let's get into the 20s here as we have the Finn edge priest and dom type of thing i like what they did with uh ray not coming out and then dom right after that so i liked how this match was laid out uh i love dom coming out ripping the mask and then what did mac if he say i i don't remember he said that guy's a real piece of that kid's a piece of shit or something like that right rossi you don't remember what do you say you texted it to me well, whoa shit what what was it um that oh fuck a piece of shit <laughs> or like oh yeah that. he said that yeah that kid's a real piece of shit dude dom is awesome like well, like when we did the, they did the SmackDown thing, um, when he, uh, they were doing the racetrack, um, he's zipping up his jacket and he goes, you know, I woke up today at pissed excellence and I just had a great day. That was so stupid. Come on. <laughs> but it worked cause it was so stupid cause it's him. But what I don't get is they didn't really like they, so they did the Ray angle, which was fucking stupid. Like get somebody, you, you throw Dolph Ziggler in there. You know what I mean? Um, you could do that angle without having somebody less in the rumble. Right. But then they go to SmackDown the next week and they don't even fucking mention it. They're just racetracking each other. It's the fucking strangest thing. Yeah. That's stupid Fox promotion. But I, I, I guess what did Ray get hurt in the cross match the night before? And then they just came up with this angle. So I'm not mad at it. I kind of liked it. It adds intrigue. It adds depth to that story. But if, you know, but, if, but if they don't announce them, there's definitely people who are thinking something else is going to come out after 30, right? Or something. Well, his or, music hit. But yeah, like you would think. I guess this is weird. They told I just, the story, I never, well, I think the mask told the story that he was, you know, because in the past, Macho Man didn't make it. And then whoever yeah. didn't make it from the 95 because they were – Bastion Booger in 94 didn't make it. Curtis Axel, too. Didn't he have a weird thing where he didn't get in the ring? Oh, yeah, but he was attacked and replaced by right. – uh, 
So, um, yeah, I think they did. I, I'll give them their credit. I think they did an all right job. I, I, at 30, I wasn't really anticipating. <coughs> Is it that hard to just cut to Ray in the back with like a fucking like, you know, a anvil on his head or something? Like, just give me something that shows. Yeah, jump him and like jump him on the pre-show. Give the pre-show something. It was just lame. And like then what the way they did it just makes you think that something's going to come of it later. And it just never happened. Like I was watching the show with some people that aren't regular wrestling watchers. And they kept saying like, oh, that Rey Mysterio spot's going to come into something or that Rey Mysterio thing's going to gonna matter. And then it just doesn't. And then it's just flat. It's like, why could you have not just as a writing team of a fake sport? Why can't you come up with something better than that? Right. Well, I'm sure he just I, don't, I, 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 I personally didn't mind it. So I'm going to defend it. I think, he got, like I said, he got hurt the night before and they just made it work. And I like that it told the story of Dom coming out, added to him being a piece of shit, and then it just, he lasted past feet, uh, Finn and Priest and the whole edge return. We get the edge return at 24. Um, it wasn't predictable in a way. We, we anticipated it. We didn't, weren't, weren't sure if it was going to be in the Rumble or around the Rumble or actual entrance. So they wasted two entrants there if you think about it. But, you know, I, I, I like the energy. He sprinted too, right? That motherfucker is 45 years old. Oh, yeah, because he was ready to go fucking fight for sure. I don't know. You think they, they could stretch that out to Mania? And do you think you anticipate a Hell in a Cell match? You know, I don't, not to get too far in advance. Yeah. But do you yeah, think it has that so. much juice? Do you feel that much juice from this feud? Well, because when you think about it, you got, I mean, if you're going to do the mixed tag, you still got to have a blow off because it's not like Rhea's going to lose a mixed tag match to Beth Phoenix before she goes to wrestle Charlotte. And even if Finn gets pinned, is that really a blow off? You know what I mean? Uh, so they're going to have to do Edge and Finn at some point. Yeah. But uh, the next guy here is that I think our look best was uh, had a really good showing in the Rumble was all day Austin Theory. Ricky, you do you know Austin Theory by any chance? That, that's my buddy, Austin Theory. Yeah. Well, he's um, your boy. He's the funny. last tweet he actually, I mean, the last text he ever sent me was just a text that said yeet. <laughs> yeet. And what did he respond? Uh, no, that's what he sent me after I congratulated him on winning the uh, the U.S. title. Oh, um, you fucking Mark! I just wanted to I just wanted to brag that I know his number. Um, right. And I actually trained him, so everything he learned is from he me. He trained shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, he actually, you know, he was getting that push right when he first started that Vince push, and then he kind of went away, and then he, you know, now he's back and he's strong and. I like his promos are better. Um, I like him better with a beard. You know, he looks a lot older. And I think that he's, you know, doing the right things. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm for him. When he lost, I, I didn't like how he used it on the U.S. and they lost, but we knew that it would be okay. But I didn't anticipate him to be this okay. Like, Triple H is doing him right. I could see him, you know, being a contender. Say Cody wins the the, the belt for whatever. I could see him having a two, three-month program with Cody with multiple matches and it delivering really well and being well wrestled, well programmed, well angled, everything there. So like he is a full blown, you know, WWE quote unquote superstar at the age of what, 24, 25. And, you know, the upside is still increasing, increasing, increasing. I think he's going to be a big player for the, for the years to come here. And it's funny that's fucking he's in here taking selfies with my kid and following him on Instagram and you're making T-shirts for him. And yeah, that shit kid. was still kind of weird, man. Yeah, I know. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't want to get him. I don't want to expose the me too in him. But you never know. Like, eh, I can see the I can see the lane, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeet. But, he, but he was cool. Like, I think 
you know, I think he's got a chance. Let's put it that way. And Triple H is doing him right after people are like, oh, my God, he's burying him, blah, blah, blah. He ain't burying him. He did him right. I think how Mania goes for him is a big deal. Like, it could really, like, blow him up. Yeah, it's perceived Cena match. Yeah. But anyway, then we get to the end. Uh, Ricochet, Logan Paul, and Cody Rhodes. Uh, let's start with Logan and Ricochet. That spot was just, like, <laughs> unreal. When they start doing it, I'm like, what are they doing? Like, you don't expect them to just collide midair. But then when they do, it's like, holy shit, that's awesome. Now I want to see them have a singles match. Yeah, but the singles match of Seth, I think, is is the match to go with. I 1,000% agree. Actually, I think, isn't that the match we came up with, Rossi? On that, like, exercise we did a month ago or whatever? I think so. I mean, I, I can't have with some random stupid shit, but I think that we definitely talked about that for sure. Yeah, I think that's the one we landed on. And, and Seth is already here playing it up on McAfee shows, calling him a piece of shit, on Instagram, calling him a piece of shit. And I like how he was a piece of shit, and he, and he sneak attacked Seth when Seth was going to finally have his moment with Cody. He just threw him over the top, and he's just like, oh, look at me. Hey, hey, hey. And I was like, yeah, you know, this little fucker is, is pretty good, you know. And athletically – Fuck, I thought he looked better jumping off the top rope than Ricochet. That's fucking something to say right there. Now, Rocco, what did you think of, of Logan Paul's rumble run? Well, I, um, I mean, I mean, the spot, I definitely had a – I fucking freak, freaked the shit out of my cat. My cat lost his mind and ran away because I jumped up. But that was very impressive. I know somewhere RVD was pissed about that because he's like, I fucking know I could have done that if I got the chance. But, I mean, he, yeah, I mean, he definitely – it was a great way to set him up for a Mania match, and that's a big Mania match. And I'm not the biggest fan of Logan Paul or Seth Rollins, but – that's a they really did it well and that's you know that's a great celebrity match to have because it's gonna be a highlight thing as well and uh you know it's two guys that Seth's not in the main event picture right and it'd be hard to get him in there real quick now so it's perfect for him. Ricky, what do you think of Seth or Logan Paul? Excuse me. Um, I honestly, besides Bad Bunny, I think that he's the best celebrity wrestler I've seen in a long time. Yeah. I agree. And, uh, you know, he keeps impressing, impressing, and the, he's setting the bar even higher and higher. So uh, kudos to the Mav. You know, that is his nickname. It's terrible. Rocco, <laughs> you should be, give you a nickname like the Mav. Sure. You can think of a great one for me. I'll do it. <laughs> that was co- a couple of things that just rumble, like, notes that, like, I had, like, in the back of my brain here. Um, Kofi fucking up that spot sucked. And the two years in a row, he fucked up that spot. Yeah, that's... That thing needed to retire. You know, he should have gone out. Yeah. What's supposed to happen? I don't know. Jump on the chair and who knows? He already pogo sticks. Yeah, up. he pogo sticks. So they had to have something else planned. But and then I thought, I mean, and ultimately with Chamber, it's going to probably work in his favor. But I expected more out of Montez Ford in this match. <clears throat> That's what I was thinking, too. If they, I feel like if there was two titles, it was his title. He would have he would have been the perfect guy to go for the secondary world title. But I feel like he's going to have that run in the chamber. Like he just said. He was in the match for fucking 45 seconds. Yep. 44 seconds. I, and when he comes out, I go to Chad. I'm like, he's going to be the final four. And then he's eliminated right away. And Chad's like, yeah, good call, fucking loser. <laughs> what I, I kind of made me want to watch a, a Chad Gable Brock match because I feel like Brock has respect for that dude. And they and he would like give him some shit. So, yeah, that's actually kind of a low-key good call. Right? Like, oh, how, a really about, fun match. how about Gable and um, Xavier Woods, like, shoot fighting in the middle of it? Like, they were, like, doing, like, legit grappling. I thought that was fucking cool. Yeah, for in the middle of a rumble, that was, you know, that they, like, probably begged the producer to do that. And he's like, yeah, whatever, go for it. 
But yeah, that, that that's. Oh, oh, we didn't we didn't touch on the uh, real quick the um, Gunther uh, Brock interactions, which I thought was a little weird, a little off. Because Bro- I think they Gunther, fucked it up. Yeah, the, the timing was weird. Gunther gave him that slap, and then then they just to pretend like nothing happened. It was a little. And they cut away because there was yeah. someone coming out there. Timing was a little bit off for yeah. sure, because yeah. that felt like a huge moment. It was just the just the slightest tease of their interaction. But then they cut the camera away the whole entire time that they were interacting. It sucked. <laughs> yeah. I kind of hope that uh, Brock respects him. You know what I mean? Like, Brock, he's, he's got to. I know. But you, you know how Brock is. He's like, eh, I'm not doing business yet, buddy. I hope he respects Gunther. We still got to get Brock and Sheamus, too. Oh, yeah. That's a oh, good yeah. one. That's like a fun Saudi one. You know, no expectations. Just go at it. All right. And that brings us to the winner. Cody Rhodes uh, lasted 15 minutes. The majority of that with Gunther. I think the final seven minutes, they were down the stretch alone. So, um, Ricky, you think Cody's the right guy to win this? No. Um, all right, my good friend Cody Rhodes, who um, who's actually the first Suck Me Crew picture posted on Instagram, was Cody Rhodes holding my Ryback doll. So we actually saw that the other day. Um, no, I don't. I'm actually kind of upset about it because – like I was telling you guys earlier, I decided not to go to WrestleMania this year because I was expecting Roman and The Rock, and now we're getting Roman and Cody. I'm not that excited about it. I like Cody. I like Cody and Seth. I don't like Cody and Roman. I'm going to let it play out. I'm just – like my antenna is up a little bit. It's it's weird timing with the Sammy thing, which we'll get into a little bit. But, uh, Rocco, do you think Cody's the right guy to win in the long run? No, I've been saying Sammy for the, since that whole thing started. Yeah, but I think they're going to do both guys right. Uh, Rossi, Cody, the right guy? After the last two weeks of Raw, yes. Yeah. I wasn't – at the night of the Rumble, I wasn't very sure because there's so many things that made you think that it wasn't. Like, obviously, the fire ending to the show, the, the way that they had him open the show. It just kind of felt like it wasn't, like, a crucially important thing. I mean, there's never been a men's Rumble that's opened a show. Uh, but then as everything played out, like, over the next day – um, the match with Finn was fire. Um, the stuff with Heyman this past week that we'll get into was fucking amazing. Was um, I definitely think they have a plan, and I trust Heyman, man. He's definitely got his hands in the cookie jar and the booking of everything around Reigns. So there's not many people I trust booking high-end angles right now more than him. So I think that they're going to make it work. And Cody's been fucking phenomenal for two weeks now. So um, I, you know I'm not the biggest Cody guy at all. But uh, he's got that that it factor, man, and and everything that he his promos in AEW were always great, right? But they never really had substance, and they really had a reason. Now they do, and the crowd eats, uh, hangs on every fucking word the guy's saying right now, and the content they have. I mean, they're pulling shit out of stories that you never would have thought of, and they must have so much more to sit on. And this is just the Roman, the start of the Roman feud to keep Cody's name in the in the chase while the rest of the story with Sammy plays out. I, I think Cody's going to fucking crush this run. It's interesting to me that, like, all, a lot of the same people who are calling, like, out three-star Cody for so many years have so much faith in him that he can provide, be, like, a main event dude in the WWE. It's just an interesting way the narrative has switched on him, and it caught well, me off guard. Well, you know, you, you well here, yeah, yeah. And I'm not and saying my, I felt that way, but I've seen so much of that back in the day. And now every, the same people seem to be like, oh, well, he's the savior. It's like it, it's just interesting how that narrative has switched. Well, it's, so it's my like thought one take, 
it's like having one take as a fucking third grader and just being that having your being your take your whole life. I guess that's just the internet home. community, right? They just go, that's what he is, and they stick with it, right? Yeah, yeah, and I trust him much more in a mania style dramatic match with a Roman Reigns that than a fucking match with Kenny Omega. You know what I mean? Because he doesn't. He's very. He's athletically gifted, but like Roman, everything Roman does is theater, right? Like it's just it's important. It's huge. Everything's like probably pretty intricately planned out. They have everything in, in good, you know, conversation. Um, then you put him in a match with Omega. He's gonna be inferior. You know what I mean? And that's not saying Kenny Omega is better than Roman Reigns, but it's different types of matches, right? Where Omega is gonna be like sell, bump, sell, bump. When in this scenario, it's gonna be telling a story, and that's where Cody really excels. Yeah, that's a great point because his best match of all time is his brother at the first pay per view, and it's a pure storyline theater. Yeah, so that's a good point. For me, I need to visually see him stare down Roman Reigns if I'm gonna believe. If I'm gonna invest like fully in Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns, I need to see the stare down. I need to see how Cody feels next to Roman. I need to see how Cody looks next to Roman, and I need to see a little interaction between the two because in my mind. Like you said a little bit, Rocco, I just feel like Roman Reigns is so much bigger, like as a character than Cody Rhodes. But man, they're doing a really good job with that motherfucker. I'm, like I said, I'm always lukewarm on him. I'm, I'm like really hot on him, and I'm really cold on him. So I just average out to be lukewarm if you mix it all up. But um, you think they're gonna bring I, a lot not, of the Shield, uh, Shield, uh, Goldust, Stardust, uh, Dusty stuff into the? Seems like they're yeah. gonna right. I mean, that just it's funny, though, because it's going to portray Cody as such a jobber in a way. Those matches were great with the Shield with him and his brother and, you know, random guy. But yeah. it does kind of show that he was enough. I guess that's kind of the story they're telling, but it's interesting. Yeah, they can always bring Kurt, Kurt Angle back to fill in for the Shield. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Like you said, it's I th- they're just I think they're just dipping their toes and they can get super deep in it. Like, look what they did. Who expected a Cody, uh, Dusty Rhodes 2000 ECW appearance to be the, you know, the crux of the ignition to this feud, you know what I mean? And to, to go off and to hear them go off the shoot and go off the hip and go from like non-scripted on that, that's just awesome. You know what I mean? Like, and if that's true and Cody really got Paul, it just shows how gifted Cody is, you know? Yeah, that's a great feud too. Him and Karina, that's fucking... A very good feud. <laughs> they got bull rope match or something, Rocco? Hey, yeah, they have was... a bull rope match, Rocco. At like Ooh, Backlash or something. That would be great, man. That yeah. was a great, yeah, a great match because it was a Torino when he had Tajiri with him and like Jack Victory and it was like, you know, dusty fucking feet and elbows. Jack and... Victory, holy shit. Keep it in your pants, man. Oof. Sorry, man. Sorry. Oof. I get all excited when I think of uh, uh, Sheep Herders, uh, Side Valley guys, or Master guys. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we'll see where Cody goes. I definitely understand the sentiment of Rocco and Ricky. Where they were like, eh, I don't know. But I'm optimistic. I got to see it before I kind of fully go all in. But, man, it's going to be hard to live up what we're going to get into now. And that's kind of let's preview the chamber while we close the rumble here. And let's just, like, sink our teeth into the Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns of it all. Just the unbelievableness of Roman coming out with Sami alone. The angle of, you know, building up, I don't want to see him till Saturday type of thing. Him going the night before, he doing a, doing the favor for Jay, saving Solo because the Usos got kicked out or whatever. So they just did a really great job of just like kind of just dotting all the eyes, 
and crossing all the T's leading into this angle. So well storyboard, so well written out, so well laid out, just perfect execution. Just like we thought the Survivor Series was the peak. And honestly, this is the peak. I, I don't like just the aura of being in that building as they just work our way through it. And then just Roman, just like just the brutality of the super kicks, the brutality of chaining them up. And then just Sammy acting out the drama of the what if, what do I do? The confliction. I'm finally at the fucking cool table with the cool kids, but my fucking sleepover buddies right fucking there and i can't do this to him it's going too far and the confliction of being like guys this is too fucking much we don't need this shit. give me a hit guys give me what are we doing here but uh <laughs> but just the whole confliction of you know just do what do i do and then the roman just hand him the chair it's like i told you to prove it to me are you going to be honorary or are you going to rock with it you're just going to roll with it or what who are you you going to be one of us I told you this is your final test. You know, you were on trial, and then here it is. I'm going to turn my back to you. I'm, uh, I'm going to turn my back to you for a reason, but I ain't going to show you I'm turning my back to you. I'm going to walk away and then just have him cock back and just a pause and Sammy sinking it in and, like, looking around and soaking it in. And then he just fucking wallops him, and the fucking place goes nuts. And it's just the whole, like, ah, it's happening. Our fucking hero, Sammy Zayn, is finally going to get the fucking push he deserves. He can finally – we're going to finally go with this motherfucker. He's fucking deserved it. We loved him. He's done a great job on SmackDown, really just – Intruding this storyline and making it about him and elevating the storyline that was already fucking the best thing on TV. And he just totally made himself kicked ass, fucking just our highest expectations. Fuck The Rock. We don't need The Rock. We got fucking Sami Zayn. That's unreal. We predicted The Rock because we thought we were going to get The Rock. We wanted The Rock. We thought we were going to get Austin maybe a little bit. No, it was right in front of us the whole fucking time. And it's Sami Zayn in his home fucking town, in his home fucking city, just. It's perfect. I don't know. I just rambled on, but it's it's just it's why we love wrestling. It's like a beautiful story just coming together and actually working with storylines and everything falling into place. And there's no loose ends and the the whole what if, but we really think it's going to happen and to have them play it out. KO, kudos to KO for being a side player in this. And, you know, he crushed it and that you know i'm sure he's happy for his boy sammy he likes the usos and likes roman in real life too but just like his boys finally getting his shit and oh rocco let's start with you man what'd you think of all of this oh i was i was enraptured by it when it was happening i was very excited um as you know the ecw guy to see the uh the chair shot heard around the world be reimagined in this way i was very excited to see that excuse me but and like you said, I've been full Sammy. I, I love the idea of like him going to wherever if he's going to be in Montreal. And like you said, with Owens, it's like Owens had his time in the sun, right? This is Sammy's time, right? Yeah. But then as I'm watching it, I'm thinking a little bit. And in some way, I was kind of like when I rethought about it, Sammy is kind of a jerk for hitting Roman. And this is what makes nuanced storytelling is that like. Because Sammy's prioritized being in this group for, like, months, right? And he's wanted to be it. He kind of gave up his title aspirations. He's kind of given up his friendship with Owens. But then all of a sudden here he decides that they've gone too far. And he turns on them. And it's kind of like the bloodline hurts people, dude. Like, that's what they do. They put down – if you stand in their way, they're going to take you down. And he wanted to be a part of that. And then, like, now it's kind of like – and he's done that to his friend. He's beaten up his friend. And now he's kind of like, well, I don't like this business model anymore. And he bails out on it. It's like kind of like you're in the mafia and you decide – 
it's I don't want to collect protection money. I don't want to whack somebody, so I'm out. So it's like, like, what did he think he was getting into? He wanted to be in this crazy heel group that takes dudes out when they get in their way. And his main friend is one of their longest running enemies, is him and Roman go back a long time. So it's kind of like, in my way, I'm looking at him like, I don't know, maybe you should have read the mission statement before you wanted to join the group. Because, like, in, the Bloodline's always been consistent in their motives this entire time. And KO has always been consistent in their his motives. Sammy's the one guy that turned his back on his friend at first. And then now he's, like, judging his new friends for taking out his friend. And now he's going to ditch them. So it's it's really interesting how... If you look at it that way, because like they always say in movies, like they, the best bad guy is thinks he's the hero. And Roman in his group thinks he's the hero. And to him, Sammy is the villain. So it, it just when I was thinking about it, it really is interesting if you look at it that way, where it's like, why did Sammy want to join this group in the first place if he didn't want to be a super heel? You know, so it's just really interesting stuff to think about it. I'm just playing. I'm not criticizing it. It's just a cool way to another way to look at it. And if they want to take that storyline, there's places to go. I think. I don't know if you guys, if that makes any sense to you guys, or if it makes you think of it in a different way, or how you look at it. Now, <clears throat> Rossi, I think the writing's on the wall here, where you know, I don't think Sami Zayn's winning the Universal Championship at the Elimination Chamber. I think the writing's on the wall. We all can, we're all pretty jaded. We can see what's what's going to come about it, right? But would you rather be in the building for the Royal Rumble, or would you rather be in the building for Montreal for Sami Zayn? Just ask you totally out of the blue, Rossi. What do you, what do you think is going to be? It's close? tough because I already know how the rumble ended, right? And that was so beautiful. But I think back of like being in the building for Survivor Series, and like I remember texting you when I was walking out, like when wrestling is awesome, it's fucking beautiful. Yep. And this was just an extension of that. And to think back at that War Games moment and how like awesome it was it was to see live how being a part of that crowd you could just everybody was hanging off every second of it and then what i really liked about what they did at the rumble was the fact that every single aspect of that was kind of predictable right except jay uso being the one that just was like not supporting of it because jay was the one who didn't want sammy in the group jay was the one who fought against him while he had a special handshake with jimmy and solo and whatnot. Um, and then the Monday before, Jay's the one that defends him, keeps solo from killing him, and, and comes to his defense in the trial. So then you would think when Sammy turns on Roman, Jay should feel the most upset about that because he's the one that fucked up and backed up Roman or backed up Sammy. But no, he's the one that is now like, what side is he on, right? And he goes radio silent. I was on Instagram. He's like, you know, bloodline out or whatever he did. So it, in the aspect of it, you know, I kind of predictably seeing the writing on the wall to figure out how the how I think the rumble, the elimination chamber is going to end is probably what everybody thinks. Jay costs Sammy. If Jay's allowed in the country, I think he is. I think Jimmy just might not be, um, which that's an interesting story for itself. We'll see how that pans out. But Jay costs Sammy. Sammy has a one. He goes to hit a Huluva kick. Jay jumps in, maybe takes the bullet for Roman like Sammy used to take for Roman. Um, and then at that point, Roman takes the pin, or take, spears him, gets the pin, whatever. And then they just beat the shit out of Sammy. KO makes his triumphant return. Him and Sammy, Zayn, hug in the middle of the ring, and they become a team again. That Montreal crowd embraces. I think I'd probably rather be in that crowd for the simple reason being it's like going to be the hometown crowd. 
crowd, right? It's going to be like everybody in that place when that happens is going to want to fucking jump that barrier and beat the shit out of Jey Uso, right? Um, now, but they haven't always gone the predictable route. So that's where this is interesting because you couldn't have predicted how that Survivor Series match was going to end. You definitely couldn't have predicted exactly yep. how this Jey Uso thing was going to go. So I expect there to be some somewhat of a turn here that we don't see. And that's just the brilliance of the storytelling, which, you know, further cementing that this is one of the best, if not the best storyline of how long, 20 years or whatever. Um, I I'm I would want to be in that Montreal crowd because that's going to be like us against the entire crowd that night. And I really liked how Reigns was like, hey, you took my family away from me, so I'm going to kill you in front of yours. Everything's been fucking perfect, right? And there's twists and turns coming. And and even to the what I was saying earlier with Heyman, nobody was waiting for a Paul Heyman, Cody Rhodes promo to cut so deep like it did on Raw, right? But it happened, and it was fucking beautiful. And every aspect of the story has just been so well done. And, you know, being in that crowd would be electric. But the, like I was saying earlier, the twist and the turns is going to be something we don't expect out of this next step in the story, for sure. The reason why I bring up the – I'll get to you in a second, Rick. The reason why I bring, I bring up the where would you rather be is because you have the two aspects of Montreal. You have Sammy's entrance. You have the celebration of him making it to this point as a character and him getting pushed this far. And then you have, you know, the how it turns out and what the future brings, because I don't think it's and I don't really necessarily think Roman and Sammy's story ends in Montreal. It just kind of it it escalates in two different directions and peers away and merges back later on that year, whenever it could be, maybe say SummerSlam. Now, Ricky, what do you, we've never heard your thoughts on this. Uh, uh, what do you think of all this? You know, you're a big wrestling fan. So uh, where are you at with this whole Sammy story? I absolutely love it. Um, I'm a huge Sammy fan since, uh, you know, El Generico and uh, ROH days. So growing up watching Sammy is pretty cool. Um, I just think this whole thing worked out perfectly. I think that the storyline keeps getting better and better. Um, and not, and like Rossi said, not being able to predict it has made us pay attention and grab us right and make sure that we are following along and enjoying it. And I'm really excited to see what happens with Chamber and where this goes with WrestleMania. Uh, shouldn't shouldn't Jay be pissed at Sammy though too? Like that should be something. He's that hurt. Could, well, he should be pissed at him because like he was fine with killing Kevin Owens. So, like, he should be mad at Sammy for fucking up all that stuff, right? So, like, for him to be friends with Sammy would be kind of weird to me if that's it's, how they play it. Like, that's he should, the fork in the road that Rossi's talking about. Yeah, he should just be really hurt. And that's the whole thing with when Sammy seemed really hurt when he read that contract. That was a few weeks ago, right? And he seemed very emotional. It was a very rare time to actually show a guy being emotional like that in a wrestling ring. It was really cool. So, like, to me, it's kind of interesting because, like, like I'm saying, Sammy is – kind of a jerk for turning on this group if you're in that group so for jay it, it's really an interesting thing because it's not like he's turning on his brothers he's pissed at sammy too you know you know friendships are complicated so yeah it's interesting because there's a lot of little nuances that they could go with that they haven't even really alluded to yet you know yeah and go back to 2021 right the bloodline started with jay uso Right. right. And so that is the story could be as simple as Jay didn't know how to accept that he fucked over his buddies and his brothers 
by letting Sammy stick around when they were ready to execute him on Monday, right? So it could just be that he's emotional, he's in inner strife, and he's like, wow, I fucked this up. That's the angle that they can turn on. Because ultimately, I mean, I think that we can all agree that if there's any solos, the singles act, but Jey Uso and Roman, if they ever go back to that again down the road, is fucking awesome because they had a fire feud in 2021, right? So that's really the the concept is there's so many different ways they can go with it and have it all make sense because they've told and they webbed this story so beautifully that there is a situation here that maybe Jay doesn't turn. And maybe they go, they somehow make it that Jimmy and Solo were the tag champs now. I don't know. Uh, but there's so many different ways that they can they can fluctuate this story. And it all goes back full circle. So whether they go one way, or they, it's like one of those books that you read when you're a kid, when you have to pick which path you're going, like R.L. Stein books or whatever. Choose you, can, you can go one way, you can go the other way. But I guarantee what we're thinking, they're going to go somewhere different. Well, you have Sam, you have Jay, right? And he sees himself in Sammy. Uh, he sees him like the trauma of himself that Roman put him through in Sammy. And then you add the, you know, the interconnection that he got with Sammy. And how does that trauma, how does he react to the trauma that he, of him seeing it himself within Sammy? And, you know, like you said, which path does that trauma bring him down? So we'll see. I think it, it's great. And, you know, we all love it and we all do it. My last question to you guys here is can they successively, have two storylines with Roman Reigns going, one being Sammy, one going Rome, uh, one being Cody. Rocco, can I start with you? Can they successfully pull this off two at the same time? Oof, uh, God damn. Why not, right? I mean, like I've said before, Heyman's the guy that was able to have Raven have like three different main event feuds at once in ECW. He was very yeah. good at juggling all that shit together from Sandman, the Dreamer, and back again. Like it was always so perfectly executed. So if anyone could do it, I think it's that dude. Ricky, you agree? You can they pull this off with doing two hot feuds at the same time? I sure think they can, but do we want them to? Is the real question, and I don't. I just they got to convince me on the Cody. I'm I'm open to it. I just got to get convinced. Rock Rossi, I I, I think your sentiment is going to agree. Kind of yes, they. Can. Yeah, like if like I've been saying this for a week now. If they tell the story right, people are going to just want Sammy to get his revenge in the Usos. So. Then him and Kevin go after the Usos, that main event Saturday, and then Roman can focus on Cody. Um, I don't – there's a lot of people that really – they have these dream scenarios of Roman facing Sammy for the for one title one night and, and Cody the next. And they may. We never but, know. But and still. you could, but you can't – I mean, then it's 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 predictable, right? Because if, if, if Roman's not going to lose the first night and then lose the second night too, because then that takes the excitement out of the Cody win. Right. Um, it's just it's not. And then Cody gets a weakened guy the night from the night before. It's just I don't like that story. I didn't like that story when New Japan did it either um, for Wrestle Kingdoms. I just felt like it wasn't a great story. If if there's a web that they can weave that turns it into a triple threat, then maybe that's the story that makes sense. But ultimately, how, how about this? They, yeah. they do. They do two nights. Right. And they just simply do WrestleMania 10. You have to wrestle on each night. Night one is Sammy versus Roman for the Universal. Roman wins. Night two, Sammy KO versus the Usos, and that's where Sammy gets his win back. And then night one, Cody has to wrestle twice, too, because Roman's wrestling twice. Night one, Solo is put after Cody to soften that motherfucker up for Roman. And then night two, 
Cody wins just the WWE title from from Roman, and then the belts are split. Happy ending. Every, you know, we're kind of going off in our ways now, and we can get back to a Sammy Roman because it was a fuck finish or whatever on night one. You know, so I don't. I can see that path. I just don't love it. Like it doesn't excite me the same way that I don't know. I want the story to be the Usos against KO and Sammy. I feel like it. I still gave it to you though. <laughs> yeah, no, you do. You do. It just like, I don't know. There's a lot of storytelling you have to do there, but it just Cody would feel secondary in that moment. And if Cody's going to win the match, I don't think you can feel secondary. Well, I don't think you feel secondary with Cody when you have to defeat solo and then you defeat no, to win the title. I get it. I'd lost. You know? I get it. It's just I don't know. It's not. It's wonky, and I feel like Roman's not like like why would Roman, who lives on the island of relevancy, ever agree to wrestle twice? You know. Well, I don't think he has to agree. He's told. Yeah, I don't know. It's just they fuck it up. I don't. I don't love it. Like I'm, there's ways. Like now, trust me. You tell me the story in a way that it makes perfect sense, then I'll I'll love it. Right. I just don't. I love the idea of it right now. But that could be the way to get the Rock in there. Rock tells him he's got to do it or something like that. Yeah. Just spitballing. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I'm just that popped in my head too because you know WrestleMania 10. You're gonna Everyone's gonna wrestle twice. There's two nights. The card's kind of. I don't want to say it's thin, but it could be beefed up. But oh, we'll see. But anyways, um, you know that's the Sammy, the Roman, the Cody, the Bloodline, the Usos, the KO of it all. You know, kudos. It's if this thing is still accelerating up, you know, it's only gonna get better. Just like we said after Survivor Series. So you know, kudos to them to keep this thing fucking hot. Uh. What if I told you last year that the uh, United States Championship would be eliminated, it'd be defended in the Elimination Chamber? Uh, would you guys be like, yeah, you guys, uh, did you hit that funky cigarette that Ricky had go- going on? I, or? I would have said I have no idea who the United States Champion is at this moment. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> All right, let's just take two guys each. Uh, Ricky, let's start with you. Uh, you're Puerto, no, you're not Puerto Rican. You're fucking Brazilian. That's that's that, that's uh that's terrible on my part. I'm sorry. I, I apologize. Oh, oh, oh Jesus. I, I've said worse things. Let's put it that way. Uh, Ricky, I'm going to give you two guys. Priest, does he have any chance to win this? No. All right. Let me give you someone a little better. Uh, Austin Theory, does he have any chance of retaining this? Yes. And he is my pick to retain it. Ooh, okay. Okay. Rock, Rocco, Bronson Reed, any chance to give the new heater, the new big guy to win here? I'd love it, but I don't see it happening. I see him just getting like a million dudes take him out, but I see him having a really strong showing. All right, cool. And I'll give you the same sentiment here. Montez Ford, any chance we get them here? I think I, don't like, I like him. I think I think that's a really cool thing. I think it's a little close to Mania unless they're going to have him win it in, the, in that and then have the rematch at Mania with Theory, something like that. But I've been, I've been waiting for a Montez singles run for a while, so I think it'd just be a cool way to do it. All right, Rossi, Seth freaking Rollins is he? Uh, is he? It's gonna be? Is it gonna be Seth freaking Rollins versus Logan Paul for the United States Championship? Or no, no, he doesn't. It doesn't need it. Um, and Rollins is gonna be the guy that turns what would be a good chamber into a great chamber. Yeah. Um. So yeah. He's the glue, he's the glue guy. I think we can yeah. use there. And uh, Gargano, he's a little cold. Uh, a chamber match like this could heat him up. Any chance he wins it? I think he needs it the most of anybody in this match. Because oh, wow. I, if okay. Theory goes into a match with Cena, does he really have to have a title? That's the thing. Um, and yeah. and you can beat Theory in a chamber and not have it look want like not have him look like an asshole. 
Like you could have them start it and then be the last one eliminated. There's a lot of ways to do it. And then there's other stories to tell if Gargano has a title, right? Um, what I would do, obviously, dream scenario if Gargano wins it is that Ciampa's back and ready for Mania, and then bam, you're right there. Um, but if he's not, Bronson Reed and Gargano probably be a good match, right? I think we got maybe a ladder match. I don't yeah, or you do a ladder. Yeah, or you do a ladder match. But then if Gargano's still the champ coming out of Mania, or even if Gargano wins the title because like somebody else won the, the United States Championship, whoever, then then you can come back to Gargano in theory, which we've kind of been waiting on, right? Yeah, any, I, ch- any chance your boy, uh, the Mav, comes out and fucks Rollins over in this match? Pops out from underneath the, the chamber like a tr- HBK against Undertaker or anything like that? I'm not going to lie. Like a, can the Mav like a, go to Canada? <laughs> I don't know. I kind of like how that nickname's growing on Rocco, though. I forgot his name for a second, but I only remember Wait, who's the Mav so. again? Logan, Logan Paul. Logan Paul. Oh, okay. I just Maverick. forgot his name. So they came out with a shirt that said the Mav. <laughs> Uh, I would get that shirt. My official pick, I would rank these. I would say least likely, Rollins. Second to least likely is Priest. Then Reed. Then Ford. Then Theory. And then Gargano. I think Gargano (laughs) Theory is my pick here. I don't know yet. I don't know. I think maybe they just keep it on Theory. But then they might. I'd I'd have Reed third. You'd have Reed third over. I'd have Reed third, just oh, because like I've got that mentality of like Gargano and him doing something. Mania. You know, you know what? For theory, surviving this and then they do like a ladder match at Mania, that's a pretty cool thing for him to be like. I survived fucking this and I survived the ladder match. If they really want to push him as the U.S. title, if they're not doing the whole John Cena thing, I just assume they're doing the Cena thing. Right. But I, know, I just figured I'd give you guys two guys and be a you know a nice quick way to talk about that. Let's do that the same with the women's here. We kind of talked about the like the crux of this earlier. So let's kind of do the same thing. Ricky, let's start with you. Nikki Cross. Any chance it's Nikki Cross versus Bianca Belair at WrestleMania? If she was Nikki Ash, I would say yes. But Nikki Cross, no. Do you prefer Nikki Cross or Nikki Ash? I, mean, I have to ask. I mean, Nikki Ash's outfit's way better. So Nikki Ash. Now, if we could fuck, Mary kill, Nikki Ash, Nikki Cross, and I don't know, Nikki Bella. Can I get that out of you real quick? Well, you don't fuck this up. <laughs> okay, so I'm definitely marrying Nikki Bella. And yes, Rossi, I will share. Um, oh I'm God. fucking Nikki Ash, and I'm killing uh, just, you know, the other Nikki. All right, this is, this is going down the hills. Let's give you someone else we can work with. Uh, Carmella. Any chance Carmella wins this? She's, she's returned. Carmella Obviously. versus Bianca Belair, Ricky. Oh, man, I don't know. I, I, I feel like, yes, there is a chance she could win. She made that return. Um, on Raw, she looks hot. Um, you know, she was, you know, she, she had the whole baby thing happen, so maybe they give her one here. Um, I, I don't know. We'll see. I could see that. I could low key, small lane. I could maybe see that. Rocco. Oh, their matches were so bad. I know. But Rocco, Natalia in her, in her hat, Stifler's oh mom. God. Any chance Stifler mom versus Bianca Belair at WrestleMania 39? Stifler's mom. I think that's a very, very small chance, as in, like, 1%. No chance. Do you think that Canada will boo her or cheer for her as being a native Canadian? Her hat depends. Like try to put... Sorry. Sorry, it <laughs> depend, depends on if her sister's in the front row. What color nipples do you think she has? All right, this is getting off the rails. I was going to go fuck, Mary kill on her lips, her boobs, and her ass, but we're going to move on, Rocco, to... I'll take her hat. I'm going to fuck that hat real good. (laughs) (laughs) 
fuck that hat. Bald I'm wearing the hat right now. <laughs> I'm coming right over. I'll fuck the hat right on your head. <laughs> fuck it off your head. All right, let's get a room, guys. Let's get a room here. All right, Rocco, the last one I'm going to give you is Liv Morgan, your beautiful Jersey girl, your loving teenage Nikki or Liv Morgan. Any chance we get Liv Morgan versus Bianca Belair at WrestleMania? Uh, definitely more than Natty and Nikki, I think. But uh, she had her run in the in the top, and I think I, I could see her doing something else at Mania. But and she earned a she earned a, a a spot in the higher up in the card than she had a year ago, and I think uh, she's elevated. A little more chance. Yeah, yeah. They accelerated that elevation, but I don't I don't necessarily think they're gonna accelerate it to a WrestleMania match. All right, Rossi, yeah. let's go. You Raquel Rodriguez versus Bianca Belair, yay or nay? I think it's the only other option other than Asuka. Um, it's very mid though. I don't. I don't think Raquel's ready for that spot. I think physically in ring she could handle it. I just don't know if she has the crops of a character, especially how weak we kind of said Bianca Belair's character is now. I don't think she has the gravitas as a character to carry that feud to get any heat to live up to the substance of the potential of the physicality within that match. So not yet. You haven't done enough with her. Yeah, yeah, you definitely haven't done. Like the Ronda stuff was flat. I mean, that was their way to try to get her over as a baby. Um, But then it would just be such an unnatural way to turn Bianca heel. I just don't see it. Now, if say if it was role reversal and you had a character in a, in a uh, character in a established star like Becky Lynch versus Raquel in a championship match at WrestleMania, I think it could work because of Becky. I just don't think Bianca is strong enough. But no. Oscar, is she the pick? I think Oscar's the pick. And just to finish up with Raquel, I could see Raquel being one of Rhea's first opponents if Rhea wins the title too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Oscar. I th- the only thing that's making me think it's not going to be Oscar is the fact that. The Rumble kind of teased her and Liv having us having something, um, and that would actually work if you're going to do another singles women's match, right? But when you're looking at this match, I mean, Asuka's the clear star of the six here, in my opinion, and she's going to have the best match out of Bianca, and she's going to be the one that I feel like the fans will get most behind that match. And if ultimately you want Bianca to go heel, which I think that they do, Asuka's the one to put her in with because that crowd's going to be more behind Asuka than they will Bianca. <laughs> It, it really, it really, it really fits into how we've talked about the mid card. They're not, not having a mid card title because like this is a lot of mid card people, and they're going for the main championship. And it's like it's cool to have guys don't have major characters when they're going for like IC belts and stuff because they could just have a match and then build getting over. But they really, they've really done a good job getting these women's characters over. It's been a lot of it's been spent on the top people, and they haven't really spent a lot of time. Like Raquel came up so so long ago, right? And it seemed like she was going to be this big thing. And all these people, like it just their character doesn't make them high enough to be fighting for the belt at Mania, right? Yeah, like I like I like Raquel in a tag right now. Like put her, maybe her with Liv or something. If you want to make that tag match like a three or four way to get more people into it, um, she needs to have some sort of Mania exposure. Don't get me wrong, but Asuka's the one that I mean, Asuka was what made Triple H's NXT division what it was, right? Women's division what it was after the. The horsewoman, right? So he probably sees this as a good way to reset her and, and get her back where he wished she never left when she lost to Charlotte at that mania, you know? Yeah, so here it is for me from the bottom to the top. I'm going to go Natty. You were dead last in my predictions. I'll go Nikki after that. I'll go Carmella after that. I'll go Liv in the middle. 
I'll go Raquel second, and I'll go. Uh, I think Oscar's the pick here. I think the change in the ignition in Oscar's character hopefully brings the same in Bel Air in a you know they and they spark that up and in the ring. That's the best match for Bel Air at WrestleMania is a refreshed Oscar. So we'll see. All right, the last match we have announced here is Edge and Beth Phoenix versus the Judgment Day, Finn Balor, and Rhea Ripley in a mixed tag team match. Guys, let's just hit this quick and get out. Um, I don't think the feud's over here. Rossi, do you? I don't, and I think the heels 1,010% have to win. Okay, even after taking her out? Yeah, because I don't think having Rhea be involved in any sort of job, even as a, you know, not the one being pinned, was the route to go. I think Edge chasing a win from Judgment Day going into Mania is, is the route as well. Okay, well, I think it's the opposite here. You know, whoever loses here will probably win at WrestleMania. Ricky, who do you see here? And what's up with Beth's hair, man? Do you think it's too much hairsprays? It makes her less attractive. She's a mom. She's trying to be like a like a punk rock. Or not a punk rock, like a 80 hair metal mom. Is that your lane? I kind of, That's kind of my lane in a way, if you get what I'm saying. I don't know. Like, when she was flexing when she came out the other day, she has huge arms. And I was more impressed with her arms and her hair. So the hair doesn't do it for me. Um, I'm not really that excited about this match. And I agree with Rossi. I do think that Judgment Day has to win here. Yeah, Rocco, do you ever see any of these, like, I know the stiffer mom's comment kind of popped you a little bit there. But, like, if this hair metal mom, do you get any of those vibes in your jerseys at your at your bands? Do you get any groupies that are still trying to get attached here? Is that the kind of vibe you're going with? Uh, you, it's a much younger crowd at the shows I play, but there's plenty of those clubs that have like you know cover bands and shit like that, and you get the moms coming out on the Saturday night for the first time in a long time, and they got their like pants with the fucking little jewels on them and shit. And uh, yeah, I'm sure if you're a lonely divorced man, you you'd be fine with that, that Beth Phoenix hair on a on a chick. I don't know, the hair is very distracting, and her facials are. Terrible. I mean, it is not not it is not like that's a common hairstyle in like Fashion Week, and like that's it's done. It, like if you were a woman. You go, oh, I've seen that hairstyle a million times because it's what? very common. Yeah, that's really? very, yeah, yeah, that's just very, like, all the makeup that you see that all the guys you know go, what is that? Like, that's just what contemporary fashion is. We're just dudes who don't pay attention to it. Rocco, I have bald head. Right. You told me you don't shave your hair. You didn't comb your hair in years. Are we that's sure? True. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I just but told Ryan, you. when I met you, you had the same hair as Ben Phoenix. <laughs> that's a fucking lie. <laughs> <laughs> The curtains match the drapes, buddy. All right. Jesus. <laughs> it's from the Peloton. Man, this is this is an episode we really should have JAD on. <laughs> I know, right? That's, we'd have to get his uh his intake and all this, right? Actually, we should just have Ricky and JAD do a horny podcast. That's that's what's that's the light right there. But uh, I'm into right, it. uh I, I, like I said, I'm not really interested in this match right now it's it's i get it it has to happen the angle to close extreme rules was very cool that match was awesome and if this leads to maybe a hell in the cell as the rumored for wrestlemania i'm, I'm here for that i think that'd be pretty good it just seems like you would have thought maybe beth would be out from uh wrestlemania right like that's like bring beth back for mania but i guess maybe because it's canada and like edge oh, Rhea's they- also tied up at mania yeah, oh, that's a good point and also like edge like listen if sammy's gonna lose in canada you need a canadian to win so edge can't Edge probably should lose to Finn, so he could win. That's this a one great Canada, point. That's a gonna, great point. Right. So yeah. and then uh, he could lose. Yeah, maybe Canada. have like Rhea and and um, have Rhea and and uh, Beth like fight off into the crowd or something, and then have Edge get the win. I, I don't hate that. 
now that you yeah. think about it. Oh, I don't think that's going to pin Rhea, you know? Yeah. Definitely more, I'm definitely more, if you're going to talk about bringing back an older lady, I'm definitely more excited with the Trish Lita possibility and damage control than I am about Beth Phoenix coming back. I was going to ask if Trish could pull that hair off, but I don't want to see that. She's too, she's, she doesn't need to do that. <laughs> no. All right, guys, NXT Vengeance Day was this last week, and I thought it was an overall success. You know, it had takeover vibes early. Uh, I don't think anything was wrong, and I think that they kind of hit a bunch of doubles. You know, not necessarily any home runs, but I think it was a pretty good card. Uh, let's start from the top here. Rossi, Wesley versus Dijak. Was Massachusetts' own Dijak. Um Ricky, I think you texted me he was as orange as like the orange that you ate earlier that day or whatever. <laughs> he looked he looked he looked uh definitely rough around the edges from the tanning booth, but his know, this, look since coming back is very weird, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like I can't get if it's like if it's the big boss man, yeah. if it's like WCW big boss man vibes. I can't, but he's dying can't, his hair like Alex Wright when he was dying his hair black too. It's yeah, very weird. Yeah. I can't, and then I can't, I couldn't get over the orangeness. Ricky brought it to my attention. I'm like, I can't get over it. It just made me want to go eat some Cheetos. And I was like, oh man, you know, when you get Cheetos on your fingers and it's orange, that's what his skin looked like. Yeah, I can see you just pounding a bunch of Cheetos. Bunch of Cheetos high as fuck. But, um, Rossi, give me Rossi for this. Enough for you guys. Give me Rossi for this match here. I loved it. I love this match. I mean, I got. I got a special place for both of these guys, Dijak coming up in Worcester and um, Wesley, you know, we made fucking t-shirts with, or he wore t-shirts with us. So um, I have a special place in my heart for both of these guys. I thought this match really delivered. Um, and I want to see them wrestle again, whether that's in the multi-man mania weekend, uh, maybe a ladder or something. Um, they have good chemistry. Um, they've, I mean, these are two guys we both, we, we got to see wrestle at fucking electric haze. So to see them do it and to open a, a pay-per-view um, first off NXT in front of a touring crowd is like 3.5 million times better than seeing them in the PC um, just feels like a bigger deal. The crowd had great energy from the jump and this is a perfect match to start with. I loved it. I hope we see more matches with these two. Now I, I liked it too, Rossi. I just felt like I was like, ah, maybe they're trying a little bit too hard to kind of go back to the well in the NXT days. But I'm like, it's, I don't, like, I, I didn't really, I was like, all right, this is like a four-star match. It's great, whatever. But then I was watching it. I'm like, you know, this is a four-and-a-quarter-star match, but it was peaking up to a four-and-a-half-star match. And the things that I didn't like it kind of knocked it down to a four-and-a-quarter. If that nerdy science of star ratings makes any sense to you. But anyways. Yeah, you know, I don't like. I have to indulge into that. I don't like the the involvement of um, the, the Goombas here. Yeah. I, I didn't. It was a little clunky too. Dijak was a, a, like a, a bit clunky early, a bit clunky late. But I'm not gonna. Obviously, he's an incredible athlete and a really good wrestler, so I'm not gonna kind of just. I get hey Rossi, any update on Dijak's finger? Oh, it's fucked. Um, I don't think that it was broken. I think it was just dislocated. So I don't think he'll miss any time. Yeah, I think they. I think I heard that they bounced it back in, and then it was just super painful. It was like a. I don't want to say hematoma because that's a bruise, but it was something like down that line. So that's happened to me before. It sucks, but you you heal pretty quick. Yeah, I never actually it happens to my ring finger, and I never fixed it. So my ring finger is like current like currently bent for the last eighteen years, like that from a football game, or whatever. Uh, Rocco, Fallon Henley, and Kiana James defeated Kitana Chance and Caden Carter to win the NXT Women's Tag Team Championships. Honestly, Rocco, I thought this match was pretty good. I really liked it. I thought it was built well. 
and they delivered. In uh, Chance and Carter are actually a really good tag team. I'm looking forward to seeing them versus uh, Mako and Roxanne this weekend. So, um, what do you what you think of that tag match? Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it too. I'm a big fan of uh, Chance and Carter, especially uh, my Jersey girl fucking uh, Katana Chance. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I really like that tag team. I mean, they're they're. I mean, is, are they not like main roster ready at this point? Like, they just seem perfect for that. I know that we we both had kind of mentioned the the NXT tag title just seems a little. This is not enough people probably for it. It may maybe be cool to have it combined with the uh, main roster one, but uh, yeah, really fun match and uh, you know it's cool. They added the whole story with Henley and James. Like they really kind of HBK'd it up with a lot of stuff going on into the match, right? Yep. Ricky, Carmelo Hayes versus Apollo Crews. 2-0 was the finish. Uh, I kind of liked how they got to there. I just felt that it was too for to me personally. I anticipated too much from the uh, from like a work rate in a match quality aspect. Um, you know, I went three and a half, still very good, but I just felt like I, it left me wanting or expecting more. What'd you think of this match? Yeah, I'm a big Carmelo fan. Um, yeah. Obviously, seeing him here locally as Casanova at Beyond Wrestling, uh, I'm kind of biased, but I think that his run in NXT has been awesome. Um, I'm not an Apollo Crews fan at all so uh, this match i you know i watched some of it but it was more of a bathroom break for me than anything yeah i, I concur a little bit there uh rossi gallus new day pretty deadly in chase you uh, gallus going over here what did you think uh i thought it was pretty good i thought this was my second match of the night behind the opener i'm glad gallus won but i'm not gonna lie my heart kind of wanted chase you yeah, I mean, the, they were over as fuck, man. Um, yeah. I just assume that that's going to be a turn at some point. But um, I thought this match ruled. I thought yeah. that they really over-delivered here. Um, you know, I fucking love that Thea Hale chick. She's got so much energy. She's always doing something. She fits into, like, that manager role so well. Um, and, you know, Gallus and Pretty Deadly, you figured one of them was winning. I was surprised that Xavier Woods ate the shit here. Um, I yeah. wasn't expecting that. Um, but I'm kind of glad that he did. They did because he's pretty bulletproof, right? Um, and then when you think about it, like we talked about a little bit today, like Gallus winning it makes the most sense if it's going to then be the Creed's. Yeah. Um, I think that's a fucking banger. And I really like Dallas. They're not exciting, right? There's nothing that's really, they just, they, they kick your ass. And that's exactly what I would want in a Creed's match. And I still think pretty Deadly's coming up soon. So, um, they can, they were able to shine. Those guys are so fucking entertaining, man. Yeah. Um, and I, I just loved, I thought that everything about this match worked. I, I was a big fan of it. Yeah, that, table, that table thing they did was so fucking uh, interesting. Right. I love the fallout of, um, Pretty deadly this week, just kind of like at a loss. and But they, then they find their groove in the match. <clears throat> uh, like you said, the New Day doing the favors on the way out, great. I, hey, Duke cuts it, man. He's doing great in this role. Uh, he's just, is he a natural baby face in a way? Is that like, he's just like a big man, kick-ass baby face? This motherfucker's throwing dusty right hands and looking great. He, he's worked so hard. Like, they've given him some shit and like... He kind of was hitting his groove a little bit, like when he did that pandemic run, right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, the poker thing was a real step backwards, but he tried, you know? I want him to be successful. He's just, he's in his 30s now. So he's a big he fucker. Chance. He does. I think that, I don't, I hope they don't break up because I think they got something with Chase U. Yeah. Harlot, Harlot or Andre Chase now, he's old too. So they got something there. I think that, you know, I love, I love the, uh, the whole, 
give me a C, give me an H, give me an A, give me an S, give me an E as he's stomping. Give me a U, and the crowd goes nuts. It's, it's silly, it's stupid. I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't sure how that was going to be outside of full, uh, well, I say full sale, outside of the PC, and it was fucking oh, it over. Way it over. It was really good. Cool. All right, uh, Rocco, Roxanne Perez beating Gigi Dolan and JC Jane. Uh, pretty good triple threat. Went three and a half on it. I thought it was very good. Um, the story and the structure worked really well. And then the fallout, man, that was a great rocker angle on the mm-hmm. ding dong hello. That fucking kick to the face was fucking vicious. I was, and again, good storyline. I wasn't sure where they were going last night, and they delivered, man. What'd you think? Yeah, I mean, if you combine that uh, to Vengeance and they end that last night, I mean, a yeah. really, like, really nice piece of work, like fucking setting up Gigi as like a, a big, a con- like, and also a, a veteran. Yes. She's face. more ready than we think. Yeah, I mean she's been around forever. She's so yeah. good, and she's big too. Like she could, like just yeah. And Jane, they, they made that perfect choice, right? She was the perfect one to be the face. JC Jane is definitely the one to be the fucking heel. She's um, great. Yeah, really done well. I, I really enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed this match a lot too. And it's gonna be interesting to see. You know, they're gonna feud, and then what's next? And that's always the exciting part on this. Can I mention real quick, New Jay? Not being stupid in the Royal Rumble was one of my favorite parts of the Royal Rumble. You mentioned the New Day. The fact that they didn't fight made me very happy. Because it always annoys me when a tag team fights in the Royal Rumble. I just had to mention that because... I'm glad you got it off your chest, Rocco. I'm sure... Sorry. I forgot about it, but you mentioned them just now, and I was, like, so happy they didn't punch each other. Anyway, this was a great match between three, like, really good... Like, three of the top chicks they have right now. And like you said, Mako coming in to fight with Roxanne. that's good shit, bro. I was kind of hoping she was going to show up at the Rumble, but it's even cooler now that she's doing it this way. Really quick with the JC turn, too, is I thought it was so well done, and, like, she's fucking potatoing the shit out of this girl. And then, like, when Gigi starts crying, it's like, is she crying because she's playing up the role well? Or is she so crying because she's in fucking pain? Because she just got her the shit kicked out of her. And then, to, did you guys see the picture of her face? Oh, fucking brutal. Yeah, that's fucking Georgia. brutal. That was but, man, JC, like, she always had that heel persona in her. But, like, when she was able to do it by herself, it was like, you could see the fucking stars flashing behind her. I thought it was fucking awesome. Yeah, I mean, Gigi's definitely been in some death matches, right? So uh, she's she's a tough chick. She can take it, but yeah, maybe she's just a great actress. Yeah, good shit. I'm sad that Toxic Attraction's over. I really thought it would work on the main roster. Do you but... think this would have been over? Like, it's really interesting to think, what if, right? Like, yeah. would this have happened? Like, what a great way to salvage something that kind of sucks, but... You can run it back, though, if you really yeah, want honestly, to. Honestly, I would take JC. I would take JC and put her as a leader and two, find two heaters with her and just continue it. Yeah, I, that's a great idea, actually. You got plenty of chicks down there, so. Yeah. All right, Ricky, what did you think of Braun Breaker versus Grayson Waller? What do you think of Braun Breaker in general? I like him. I like, I, you know, I like his background, his, you know, his family, where they came from, and uh, I like his size. I think he, he works. I'm a huge fan. I've, I've been buying a lot of his rookie cards, and I know Rossi makes fun of me, but I'm holding on to them. And, I agree. Uh, you know, and, and we'll see where he goes, but I think that his future is bright. I know. I dig him. I think he's just plateauing, and they need to do something with him, but I don't think that – I think they have a plan. They're just kind of holding it. You know, I, I think he's not deep enough and strong enough as a character and really as a worker to kind of get him through the malaise of his next push, and they're not ready for his next push. But I think Waller's also great in a, in a way, too. Um, I don't – I know there was a lot of buzz where he might win this, but I think he might be called up sooner than later. And low key, are we getting a Waller Shawn Michaels match? Like, I was just gonna <laughs> ask that. Is that match happening at Mania Weekend? Can you imagine that, man? 
Hey, that was one of my predictions, as I said Shawn Michaels would wrestle a match this year, so I'm all for it. <laughs> Maybe they'll do, do like that it... weird pose down thing they did with Adam Cole that year when they teased it and they just did a weird pose down. Now, do you think that Shawn's like, I'm not wrestling you at, at, at NXT Stand and Deliver. I'm Missile WrestleMania. I'm wrestling you at WrestleMania. Oh, yeah. Add, no, some, add some star power to that show. Waller's teased around the main roster enough that you could do yeah. it. And like he's um, did you see the bump with him and Cody? No, no. What was that? I didn't it was that. really good. So Cody was on the bump and they were like serious interview. Like he was goofing around like he was talking about like Moxley and he, like, you know, some of my time and other places. Yada, yada, yada. And then they said, hey, because, um, you know, Cody, like, I don't know if you watched the, the like press conference after Rumble, how he kept sticking around. He loves doing media, right? So he was like, yeah, I'll stick around for the next segment, too. And then the next segment was interviewing Waller. And um, Cody was like, um, hey, what, what's up, man? How you doing? I like you worked on NXT, you know. And um, Cody had not mentioned him earlier when he said, like, who he liked in NXT. So Waller was like, I, I noticed you didn't mention me, but that's OK. You know, someday you'll know that I'm a threat to even people like you. Um, and it was just good. Like, he was, like, respectful, but it was, like, playing up, like, maybe future interaction with him. Um, he's just good, man. Yeah, he's just, I would love him. I love him. baby face, too. What's up, Rocco? How about him and him and uh, HBK, and then Bronson Reed comes out, and he started an Australian faction. Like, imagine that fucking crew, him talking, Bronson Reed as his heater. Billy Kay, Rhea. What's Fuck up? yeah. The Mighty Don't Kneel could come back, and they could actually give him a chance instead of fucking treating him like shit like they did in NXT. I like the idea of him and Bronson Reed. Right, that's a lot actually. Yeah, and you can have the guy from Chase U. He's Australian too, isn't he? Yeah, I guess Duke oh, Hudson or whatever. Yeah, that's right. And then give him Von Wagner from Matt. <laughs> oh, yeah. We have to have a discussion about that later, Ricky. Um. Anyway, so that's the NXT and the WWE at all. Um. We're gonna transition over to YouTube, Ricky. I think we're gonna lose you. You got anything you want to just kind of throw out there? You got a Twitter you want to throw out there or what? Who tweets anywhere, man? Um, you got an OnlyFans you want to plug, or how can, yeah, that's, that's, how can that's these guys get your DMs? Show. Follow me on OnlyFans at Uncle Rico. No, just kidding. Um, no, uh, thank you for having me on. I had a good time. I hope that I am not canceled and I can come back another time. As long as you wear the, as long as you wear the pink hat, you're, you're it's border. It's definitely it's definitely borderline. But okay, we'll, we'll see. We'll have to hear from our sponsors. <laughs> you may hey, look TV show canceled. I, I, I might be able to get you guys a new one with Vuchu, so keep that in mind. <laughs> true, true. All right, we'll get a little. Blue Chew slash fan only or only fans or whatever the fuck it's called. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, yeah, fun, dude. I'm glad you came on, Ricky. That was fun. Yeah, thanks, guys. Have a good night and enjoy the YouTube. All right. We're going to go get Jenny and catch you guys on YouTube. All right, guys. We're back here live on YouTube. Live-ish, I guess. We just did the podcast, so it's a little different flow here. I guess our energy is down. Rocco, are you still with us? Do you have any more energy after doing 90 minutes on a podcast? I'm amped up, baby. I did a little, uh, an, some amyl nitrate, and I'm ready to go. You snort any ants or anything in between? Snort ants. <laughs> is that a Motley Crue reference? That's a, that's a good pull for you. You're not really one with the pop culture references usually, so I like it. Well, earlier on, I had Beth Phoenix as like a hair mom, hair metal mom at your concert, and then I'm pulling out Motley Crue stuff. So, you know, I'm ready to rock and roll. Uh, Rossi, I think you look better for radio. Anyways. Um... Oh, definitely. Definitely. Especially after, especially after 95 minutes or whatever it was. With Ricky? Yeah. Yeah. 
Jenny, do you have a bong you're going to hit like Ricky just was hitting on during the podcast? I, I didn't know I could do that. I mean, I can go get one if that's the thing that's allowed. We'll get kicked, we'll get kicked the station off YouTube. Uh, that's true. Never mind then. Will you really? I think I'm already drugs, high. Yeah, I think drugs are a no on YouTube. Yeah, Ricky. Lame. Ricky might get canceled off of off of if you haven't listened to the podcast yes we're not sure if Ricky's gonna be around anymore but our show yeah our entire show might get canceled actually we, we might get canceled now but we made it to eighteen but anyways Jenny mm. looking all swell ready to rock and roll Jenny, today you had your uh your GCW podcast come out so I had the idea to wrap it into our indie corner and play a little game since uh the roulette wheel is my new gimmick. I, I want you to give me your five GCW favorite wrestlers. Rossi's going to give me his five beyond wrestling favorite wrestlers. We're going to spin the wheel, make the deal, and be some bookers here, Rocco. Okay. You ready to do that? Let's do it. All right, Jenny, run down your list of your five favorite and just give us you know, a few seconds on why they're your favorites. All right, at number five, can I start at the bottom, top? What is it matter? Okay. You start from the bottom, now we're All here, right. so what are you going to do? All right. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, on the bottom, there's Pull we'll see. Uh, that's Allie Catch and uh, Effie. Look, uh, Allie's a star. She looks amazing. Um, she's so fun in the ring and even on commentary. And uh, the teaming with Effie is perfect. I love them together, and I love to watch them wrestle together. Uh, number four, I have the craziest person that exists. His name is Joey Janela. Um, I, I've seen him do some wild ass shit he always looks like he's having a fucking blast like if i could hang out with which i i did meet him one time randomly um and it was funny but you know if i could hang out with with joey that would probably be jail time i'm not sure if you would survive it jenny probably not probably not uh number three is a fun pick for me because everybody hates him but i'm on board with blake christian um, it is, it is so fun watching him soak up the heat. Yeah. Also try to like be a little bit disgruntled that everybody hates him so much. Cause goddamn everybody hates him so much. And it is so fun live to what people just scream at him. I mean, just awful shit. Like it's horrible. Poor Blake. Great. Poor Blake. I, I feel bad, but then he kind of kills it in the ring for me. So nice. I'm on board with him, uh, along with young Nick Wayne. Who is incredible? I don't know. I don't know how he does that shit that he does at 17. He's he's a there's nothing but stardom for that for that young man. And I I hope he doesn't nothing happens and that he's just healthy forever and ever and you know nothing but good things for Nick Wayne. And same thing for Nick Gage, who is my number one. Um, lightning rod, the heartbeat, the soul of GCW. Um, there's nobody like him. He has an energy unmatched. Uh, look, he, he's the fucking man. MDK all fucking day. Are you gang affiliated, Jenny? I, I might be. <laughs> I'm, I'm a try hard. I'm a wannabe. Yeah. I don't know if you go. You're innocent, Jenny. Don't go down that way. I'm innocent. Of course. You're right. Mm. All right, Rocco. Who, oh, fuck, I did it. Rossi. <laughs> Who's your uh, five for beyond? So funny because all of them except um, Nick Wayne have actually 
been beyond regulars at one point, yeah. right? <laughs> so it's kind of interesting how that works. But um, you, you guys here are GCW regulars. Well, not yeah. GCW regulars. Yeah, but two two on the come up with GCW for sure. Uh, Channing Thomas was my five. So um, just a natural heel. Uh, really, I just won. has has that star persona to him. Like if you're looking at a Beyond show, um, he's probably the second person that you would expect to see on TV somewhere in the not so distant near future. Um, him and Sydney Bacabella are just a detestable duo. Um, I hope that when we spin the wheel, they are booked against Bussy because that would just be good television. Um, so that's my five. Number four, I'm going to go with, um, I just lost my list, Bobby Orlando. Now, when he was in the shit crew with Max Caster before Max Caster went to AEW, um, he was always the guy of the three that looked like he was going to have no shot at survival in an indie world by himself. And he's really crushed it. Uh, Bobby Orlando has been really solid. He comes to the ring with a stuffed goat. And he's just, he's his entire gimmick is that he's kind of makes fun of other people's gimmicks. When you think about it, he's just over the top. Um, guy has such a connection with that Worcester crowd at Wrestling Open and now over and beyond as well. Um, guy, I don't know if he's ever going to be a TV wrestler, but he's going to have a very strong indie career moving forward, in my opinion. Number three, Marcus Mathers who actually started in JCW, really, that, like, Jersey area, super young. Um, but he is has had some banger matches at Beyond lately. Um, worked a match with Leo Rush a couple weeks ago that was just awesome. Um, he's really climbing up the card. Um, he's in a better spot every month at Beyond runs a show now. Um, and he's just somebody that you just see the star in. Um, super young, though. So kind of to the Wayne point, I think that he is going to – just continue to get better and find himself in a better position in a couple of years. And then uh, my 1A and my 1B are the two that we interviewed here a couple of months ago. So two is Becca. Uh, she is, she's a fucking star. I mean, she's able to pull off the pop star gimmick. Um, she's such an annoying heel, but we've seen her also be like a real bubbly baby face and like the, the Bailey Kylie Ray mold uh, with the scrunchies. She's able to pull it both off. She's, had a little bit of taste of uh, WWE when she was a poker dealer on Raw one one week. Um, she's she's just got it all. She's really been able to put the package together. Um, and her in-ring has always been pretty solid for someone that has only been doing it for a few years. And then Alec Price is my one. Um, somebody that's starting to become a little bit of a GCW regular himself. Um, but the guy's the ace of beyond. He's the Northeast ace. I think he's the guy that Beyond's really had their resurgence around wrestling open with him as the as the namesake of it. Um, and he's somebody that, you know, two years ago, you might not have, or we'll say pre-pandemic, nobody really knew who he was and nobody really gave a shit who he was. At the end of the pandemic, he debuted for Uncharted Territory. And once he was on a show, I don't think he's missed one since. So now whenever a name gets booked for beyond, um, the question is, can we put him in with Alex? So he's the guy um, and the future's bright as long as he stays around. No, I didn't. You guys realize I didn't put the clotheslines and headlines banner up we got the, the no no holes barred banner up so uh kudos to me on that yeah so anyways let's get to it guys let's Rocco any those 10 names any of those fancy your uh tickle your fancy there buddy yeah I mean if you want to be if you want to be Jesus Christ specific uh Alley Catch is like my favorite definitely my favorite indie wrestler going right now Especially Bussy. You can throw Thrusty in there as well if you want to put the dark <laughs> cheek in there. Um, yeah, how do you not like Nick Gage? Yeah, they're all good guys. I mean, I'm, I'm not as – Sydney Bacabella still wrestling is insane to me because I remember him in Chikara back in the day. But, yeah, I mean, luckily you picked all uh, beyond guys that I actually know, Mike. So. 
perfect. All right, let's get to it. Let's spin the wheel. You say who? Should I say who I want it to land on? Yeah, who do you want it to land on here? I would say probably, given the other options, I'd say Mathers. That's who I would want. See, I, I you, I went with. I already did it, and I went Nick Wayne versus Alec Price. So I. Okay. I could be wrong. We'll see. I got I got a different idea for Price, but we'll get there. All right, let's spin it. Let's got it. Let's get what we got here. Bobby Orlando. It works. That works. I think that works. Yeah, that works good enough. Both super baby faces, so crowd would be split. But that's a match that if it was in Worcester, Wayne would be a huge heel. If it was in Atlantic yeah. City, or if it was in Atlantic City, Orlando would be a huge heel because it would be a territorial thing. That's cool. So I like yeah. it. All right. Well, let's stick with the Beyond side of things here since we're here. And let's spin the first Beyond name here. Channing Thomas. There you go. Got the bing. All right. We better. <laughs> we better. That's right. We better. Let's get bussy for him. So I can give you Bacabella. <laughs> now, if, if not, you're going to have to think on the fly here, and you're going <laughs> to have to give me someone else. That's cool. We can make it happen. All right, let's see. Ah! Oh! <laughs> see, that also kind of works, because Bacabella is the manager. It definitely, definitely, definitely works. Definitely it's not going to be a great like in-ring match. Um, but it's gonna someone's gonna bleed, or they're both gonna bleed, and Bacabella is also gonna bleed, so I'm with it. All right, I didn't remove Nick. All right, Blake Christian. So we're gonna have to go to the G GCW side. Of Let's things. put him against Mathers. Him against Mathers would be cool. He's yeah. probably already wrestled them. Somewhere. Probably has. And Price, I think he's wrestled Price too. All right, let's or is it. or is wrestling Price soon? It's one of the two. Uh, him and Jordan Oliver had a three-way at a Wisconsin Death Trip in November. And they wrestled at Beyond, actually. At FET last uh, December 2021. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, so have they, have they wrestled? Let me see. It's a cool match. It definitely is a cool match. Mm -hmm. If they haven't wrestled before, if they, they have only wrestled in the 30-person Rumble on New Year's Day. So they've never had a singles match. So that's perfect. Let's book it. All right. Who are we getting here? We're getting Becca or Alex Price, our two people. The aces. There we go. It's Price. All right. Give me Janella. Yeah. I like that. So I could have worked myself in a shoot because I didn't take off Nick Gage here. So. <laughs> Nick Gage works with everybody. Yeah. Somebody have a grandfather clock in, in their vicinity? No, that's the wheel. Oh, okay. So that spin does not count. All right, we're getting Price versus. Give me Janella. Oh. Oh. Okay. Um. I need a partner on the fly so, here. So, so Price just joined the Stetson Ranch at Wrestling Open, the Cowboys. So give them one of them, and they'll wrestle Bussy. All right. What's the? They'll lose. The they will and then, probably. And then we have. Uh, Janella. And Becca? Where's Becca? That's fitting. That's fun. That's yeah, definitely like that fun. Too. 
All right, so actually this is funny because this is how I did it when I first started. I did Bussy versus Channing Thomas and Bacabella because your idea was fantastic. I did Bobby Orlando versus Nick Gage because he makes fun of gimmicks. Just MDK versus the GOAT of the, – the old GOAT versus the new GOAT of Beyond in a way. I went Blake versus Matter, so that's a match we actually rolled on. I got Janela versus Becca just because he's, she's perfect for Janela if you think about it. And I went Price versus Nick Wayne just from a clear – pure wrestling aspect yeah and i like that because i don't really think like wayne and becker i wouldn't be into but janella works with anybody he works right? with anyone. but wayne i would want i would want wayne well wayne would be good i think with everybody except i don't think the becca match would be very good um and that's not a knock towards either of them it's just a weird style clash cool all right, Jenny, I'm sure most of the people here have watched your new show. You want to pl- give it a plug, Ski? Well, I hope so. Um, watch or listen to it on NorthSouthConnection.com. And, um, you know, we just want to go through monthly and do a little, sort of like a roundup show where we talk uh, the results from everything because it's sort of hard to do, like, in-depth reviews of all these shows because they have so many and they're very long. Um, so we're just going to talk about our favorites and the highlights uh, of the month and preview the next month. So pretty simple as far as gimmicks goes, but uh, I got a great co-host in Maddie, so I am excited to, to do that one every month and to sort of really deep dive into GCW. I'm obsessed. Are you going to go back? Do... We had talked about maybe doing that. It's just hard because of look, there's just so much content. But um, yeah, we would like to do some sort of reviews or um, live watches if we can too. I don't know. I'm Gen DK all day. <laughs> well, everybody is, and they should be. <laughs> Thanks for having me on, though, guys. Appreciate it. All right, Jenny. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Peace. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right, Rossi, bring us home. What we oh, got right. Here? So let's talk about Beyond because that's what I just talked about. So, Ben, I don't want to say controversy because it made sense, but Beyond booked their next big show in Worcester um, the end of last Sunday of February, the 26th. Um, and Willow Nightingale, who had, couldn't work the most recent one because she was hurt, um, was really who they were centering the show around. Um, then they booked um, Wheeler, Yuta. They booked Hot Sauce Tracy Williams. They booked Trisha Dora. Um, and then, after, like, two days after they were booked, um, ROH decided they were going to do a taping that day. So this created a conflict, and all four of them were pulled from the show. So then um, they were able to actually find out that they didn't need Willow for that taping, so now Willow's back. Um, and then Max Caster's now in the fold. Now, he wasn't, like, sent by AEW or anything. He was just, he's uh, kind of a beyond guy anyways, right? So he was able to jump in. Um, so they do have some matches announced for that show so far. Um, Slade's wrestling Andy Brown. Um, Willow has a match against somebody. I don't think that's been announced yet. But Allie's on that show as well. Uh, Ricky Shane Page, Above the Rest, uh, Main Event, Max Caster, Channing Thomas. Um, and then right now, Violence is Forever is defending their IWTV Independent Wrestling Tag Team titles against the Miracle Generation, which is Kylan King and, um, wow, my brain just died, um, Dustin Waller. 
So that's going to be a really cool match because they weren't able to pull that match off in the tournament. So I think that's going to be a banger and um, should really put help put um, King and Waller on the map because they are a fucking awesome tag team. Um, so that's pretty much that for Beyond. Not a whole lot. Um, but we're starting to get rollout of Mania Weekend. I know when we were last year a couple weeks ago, we talked about the shows that were going to go down for WrestleMania Weekend. Now, there has been one change. So there was going to be a New Japan Strong show on Thursday night after the WrestleCon Super Show. Because remember, WrestleCon Super Show is for local time now, which is 7 p.m. East Coast time. So if you're watching that at home, Thursday is a good night to watch indies, right? Because there isn't any other WWE build or anything going on. So I thought it was really smart for what they did. They were able to pull Impact in, who worked with them last year on a multiverse show that kind of put like the main event was the Briscoes against the Good Brothers. They did like kind of special matches. Um, this year they looped Impact in to do a super show with New Japan. So there's been three matches announced for that show so far. Um, those matches are Moose against Jeff Cobb, which is a pretty cool match, honestly. They might have had some ROH matches in the past. I'm not sure. I didn't dig into that. Uh, Kushida is representing New Japan against Josh Alexander. So that'll be a cool match. They're both kind of in impact at the same time as well, but that'll they can advertise it that way. And the main event for that show is Speedball Mike Bailey against Will Ospreay, which if that's not the match of the weekend, I, I would be shocked. Um, just on paper, I don't think you're beating that one. Um, now, for the rest of the weekend, we're starting to get some shit that's, gonna, that's rolling out. So for Josh Barnett's Bloodsport, Kota Ibushi is wrestling Speedball Mike Bailey. So if if uh, if you're not picking up a trend already, it's that Speedball is going to have yet again an MVP weekend at WrestleMania weekend. Um, for the culture, they've announced two gold Scorpio against Brian Keith. That's the first match announced for that. Um, the the Mark, Mark Hitchcock Memorial Super Show for WrestleCon, Black Taurus, El Hijo del Vikingo, Speedball Mike Bailey and Will Ospreay are all on that show. No uh, matches announced yet. Um, GCW's Jimmy Lloyd's Degeneration F. Uh, they got Kenzie Page versus Sandra Moon is the first advertised match. Now, this is the up-and-comers of GCW. So, Alec Price, Jack Cartwheel, Joe Lando, Jordan Al Oliver, Kenzie Page, Nick Wayne, Sawyer Wreck, and Titus Alexander are all booked on this show. All super talents. Uh, DDT versus GCW. Dark Sheik versus Saki Akai, and the Moonlight Express of Mao and Mike Bailey against East West Express of Jordan Oliver and Nick Wayne. Um, then you've got GCW Emo Fight, who they've announced uh, Jimmy Jacobs. Um, that's a late night show. That's probably going to be not the best show. Um, Effie's Big Gay Brunch, Ali Catch, Dark Sheik, Effie, Fred Rosser, someone named Honest John, who I'm not familiar with, Jay Fidal. Kid Bandit and Sandra Moon are all on that show. Um, Gringo Locos, The World on Lucha. That's going to have uh, Dulce Tormenta, El Hijo del Vikingo, Psycho Clown, and they did get Sexy Star 2, um, which I that's really, I think, her first um, GCW. Or definitely her first GCW show. Um, and then Spring Break. That's the one that a lot of people are always geared up for. It's sold out already. Um, on that show, we've got Speedball against El Hijo del Vikingo. So that's going to be another banger. So Speedball is just loaded with shows. Uh, Maki Ito is on that show as well. And Kota Ibushi is as well. Um, and I'm not spoiling this because it's already been rumored out there. But 
from all I'm hearing, it's going to be Kota Abushi against Joey Janela in the main event of that show, um, which is a fucking banger. So um, overall, I think it's coming together pretty good. And then you still got ROH Supercard, which is also going to run Friday night, which that's going to end up being the loaded night. Supercard versus SmackDown. And then Spring Break's on after that. Uh, so, so I think Spring Break was smart to have eyeballs on them. They're starting 12 p.m. Eastern. They're 12 a.m. Eastern time, so 8 p.m. local time, uh, or 9 p.m. local time, I should say. So they'll be able to get um, attention with people that watch the Hall of Fame and stuff like that. As long as Hall of Fame doesn't have somebody go 30 minutes like Taker did last year, they should be good. Um, for the locals, I don't really know that it's going to be easy to transport around L.A., so you'll probably have to pick one. Uh, but overall, I do think that it is a cool setup that they got going on in L.A. Um, it's going to be expensive down there because where they're running is their typical Ukrainian center for GCW, which is not um, not a big venue. So they've only been able to sell about seven, eight hundred tickets for those shows. They banged it out pretty quick. Um, they are also GCW on Saturday night, I believe it is, or Saturday afternoon, one of the two. They're doing the Independent Wrestling Hall of Fame, the second induction ceremony. The first last year was before the show at the Hammerstein. Um, the first announced member of this class is Christopher Daniels, who's going in um, with from Frankie Kazarian. So that's obviously the right person to put him in, right? Um, and then this weekend, just on other IWTV fronts, um, ICW is in the UK, actually. Matt Tremont was supposed to go. He got canceled out just this week, and now um, John Wayne Murdoch is going in his place. Um, ICW is actually running Jersey, um, the Friday night, I believe of mania weekend as well. So they're going to get all those deathmatch people that don't go to California. They've announced Lefisto against Casey Kirk as their first announced match for that. Um, that's a concept that I wish more, like I wish beyond would jump in and do something there too, because there's a lot of these guys that aren't really going to get these big bookings mania weekend, right? But there's still a place for them, and there's still an IWT TV service you can watch it with, and there's a lot of people that aren't going to be able to go from the East Coast to WrestleMania weekend. So um, I, I know ICW is doing it for sure, so they'll be able to put a good little show together there for sure. Um, that's really all I got. I think two weeks from now, we'll probably have a lot more matches from Mania weekend to announce. Everything's coming hot fire at this point. So um, Goldberg, the Young Bucks are, are all at WrestleCon. Um, those are the big announced names right now. But as you know, with WrestleCon, they keep announcing shit and it keeps getting bigger. So, um, Ryan, did you do the WrestleCon in uh, San Antonio at all? Yeah, we stood, me, D'Amato, Jenny, <clears throat> Chad, and JT stood in line. D'Amato, Jad, and I stood for about 90 minutes. And then Jenny made her way over from Flair. And I think JT made his way over in between, too. So, yeah, did we were in. And just kind of just walked around. It was really small, but they had like a little tent set up with like signed figures, signed turnbuckles, signed photos, stuff like that, signed Funkos. And then they had everyone spread out. You had like Hardy, Hacksaw, just a bunch of legends in there ready to go. And then Sting was the longest line to wait, and he was in a separate room. So it was done nice. It was just was not ready for the accommodations of the volume of people that they got. It was like a legit hotel, and it was just tiny but it was it was could have been organized a little better but it is what it is it was fine the other day you're just hanging out with our buddies for fucking an hour in line yeah in the world yeah it's not a huge deal um did you did you meet edge or did you buy a figure 
I got that. I bought it. it. Oh, cool, cool. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I got the Edge with Ryder and Hawkins. That's what it was. I remember you sending me something, but I remember what it was. Uh, But, yeah, no, I feel like that's something WrestleCon should do more of, right? They should do – they should lump themselves into the touring WWE events more than just Mania. I'm not saying do the – Yeah, yeah, don't do the full convention, but you can do like that, like the spot pop-ups and stuff. Even if you do like – Yeah. Yeah. Even if you do like five guys are here from 12 to 4, five guys are here from 4 to 8, stuff like that. Um, it's just a good way to get eyes on it, and uh, the wrestlers love doing that shit. So, all right, can I let me put a button onto the Jenny thing? Um, in I just looked it up. August, we did our top five indie guys with Chad. Chad represented the South, the Southeast Atlanta area, and he had Adam Priest, Noah Hossman, Billy Sparks, Eli, Eli, Eli Knight, and Jackson Drake. And Rossi, your top five for Beyond area was Trisha Dora, Slade, Alec Price, Becca, and Ichiban. So. So what shades the same? What goes on? And we had well, Adora versus Price, Becca versus Billy, Ishiban versus Drake, Hosman versus Slade, and Knight versus Price. Yeah. So we booked it, like it. it. Yeah. yeah. No, that's so cool. If we do this every six months with a different person across the country and kind of get a feel for the indies, it'd be fun to look back on in future years. Yeah, but, and it's uh, funny I, to see like how like Slade kind of, I don't yeah, want to say he's lost his profile, but he kind of has, right? Um, and you know, we'll see what happens with him. I feel like he kind of branched out the GCW a bit himself too. So he's kind of tied into that, um, that weird ass angle with, uh, who's the serial killer guy, Charles Mason, uh, Charles, uh, Mason, Charles yeah. Mason. So he does the JCW stuff for Charles Mason, but he doesn't travel with Charles Mason. So it's kind of weird. Um, so that story seems like it's never ending. So I'm sure there'll be some more linked into that as we move on. Yep, but I figured we do this every six months. It was fun to do it on YouTube, and Jenny did a good job, and it was good to kind of tie her new show in. If you haven't checked that out, definitely check it out. Same vibe we got going on here with a little indie corner, but hyper focus on GCW. And she's so genuine with her fandom. She's great. Being a, there is a GCW show this weekend. The Jersey J Cup is in New Jersey, and I will be going to it. So I forgot go. about that. Yeah, I wanted to run through that too. Um, really good card. Um, let's just do prediction real quick. Who do you got winning it? Uh, Mike Bailey's in it, so I think he's winning everything he's doing. His matches, I know, I have it over here. Uh, he's he's got Gresham in the first round, which is going to be sick. Uh, Ares versus Commander is in there too, so I, I just think it's Bailey's year for. He's just so he's just killing it so much. I mean, Janelle was in that too, so Bailey Janelle as the main event. Are they on opposite sides? Yeah, they're on opposite sides of the bracket. I so saw the bracket earlier today. Leo Rush is on the opposite side of, of Bailey, too, so I can see that. So, oh, you're but, definitely going to Janela-Leo Rush match, for sure. Yeah, they're the second round, so I'm sure they're going to do. and Well, it's going to be a little less than their old uh, CZW main events that were like 45 minutes of uh, Super Destroyers off ladders. but Ladders and bullshit, yeah. But, yeah, it's going to be a long day, two shows in the one day, separated by a couple hours. But Jersey City's got a lot of bars and uh, uh, plenty of stuff to do in the middle. Sounds like right up your alley, buddy. Yeah, I know Janela said that the hope is that this becomes the East Coast version of Bolo, and they want to really start doing it again every year. It's a stacked lineup, and uh, it's a you know it's wet. It's you know East Coast tournaments, the East, the great, the Super Eight, uh, just stuff like that has always been part. And this was originally done like ten years uh, ten years ago, I think it was the last one. But you know, tournaments like that are cool in the Indies, and they always uh, uh, give cool matchups and get eyes on stuff and guys eyes on guys you might not have seen. So. Who's Price got in the first round? Uh, I do not know the answer to that. I do like that they're still ha- they still run it under the JCW banner as well because it keeps that name uh, there. Uh, it's uh, Blake Christian Price. 
Okay, so there you go. We kind of talked about that already, right? <laughs> that's, that's kind of a dream. Did we spin that. the wheel and make that? Ma- oh, that was matters. Never mind. But still, I mean, that's a that's a match that fits. I think that it's really cool. I really like the concept that JCW does. It seems like LA fights are done for JCW, um, but then everything's just loaded with Jersey Jacob. But like they did like uh, Battle Bowl over New Year's. Um, I like how they bring like those weird things that they did. The one you went to, um, Rocco, was like uh, extreme, like all like gimmick batches. I did right? series of Survivor, Survival, which is Survivor Series, and then I did, uh, yeah, it was like uh, uncensored. Yeah, so that, I like how they do that. It, it's kind of a cool way, and there's a lot of people that do both, like do GCW and regular GCW, so it kind of gives them a different feel. Like, guys, kind of like Wrestling Open and Beyond. Like, a guy might be booked different for Wrestling Open than they are for Beyond, but overall, it's the same fucking people, you know? Yeah, and they're giving a free show on YouTube, too, with all that stuff, and it's the same quality as a GCW show. So. Yeah, some of them are even better than GCW yeah. shows, yeah. to be honest yeah. cool. All right, guys, that's it for the episode this week, and, uh, I guess we'll catch you on the next one. We already did our plugs at the end, right? At the other show, so it is what it is. All right, you see you next time.